All right, boys, episode 25. Excellent. Is everybody still golf hungover? I still haven't played. That's not, that's that's not what he's about. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, I got up in the morning. My only, there was nothing on my agenda because I got up Friday. I came to your house and dropped off a box. Yep. Went to the golf course, picked up a grip. You know, back to my house at 10 after 5. Texted him. He was still dead to the world. At 10 after 5? Or 10 after 10. Oh. I'm sorry. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, 10 after 10 Taylor, in the morning. Taylor was out. He was still dead to the world, which he did finally text me at like noon. He's like, hey, you want Wendy's? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's good to hear you're alive. <laughs> but from quarter, from like 10 after 10 in the morning, I started casting the PGA Championship. I didn't leave my couch till 10 o'clock that night unless I had to piss or get food. So I did that Thursday and Friday. And to check the mail, my cornhole bags arrived. <laughs> that was it. I just threw that on TV and worked and watched golf all day, both days. <clears throat> so I do have a stat for you to lead off. I meant to bring this up last week in honor of the PGA Championship. You may have seen this stat already. It has something to do. Stat boy looks jealous over there <laughs> that you're leading with a stat. It's all right. I meant to bring it up last week, and I totally forgot. Okay, so John Daly didn't play last week, and he was eligible to play. He withdrew. Yep. Because of the knee, or isn't that what's been going on? He's got a knee issue that's unresolved. I, he wants to use a cart still, probably. And that is extremely it. possible. I, yeah. I don't I don't know if there was actually a reason given, or he just didn't want to play. But So he withdrew. The last time he played at Harding Park was in 2005. I don't know if, actually, I don't know if. Yeah, it was the last time he played there. He lost the Tiger in a playoff. And he made $750,000 in earnings. Did you guys hear about this? The end of the no. story? Okay. He blew through his earnings at a Vegas slot machine in over an hour. That's Just crazy. over an hour. Could you imagine putting $750K into a slot machine in Vegas? And losing it in an hour? Somehow I knew that was the climax. <laughs> so of he was going to lose all of his... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's does that surprise anyone at this table? No, no. <laughs> I knew that John liked to gamble, but I thought maybe he'd stick around for a day or two. Like, yeah, they don't even get paid right away, right? I was gonna say that must have just been he burned through that much money. He didn't actually like get paid. He didn't walk away from the course with C notes and go right to the casino. Yeah, he can't cash those <laughs> surfboard checks. That he didn't get because he didn't win. But yeah, they isn't there like the PGA Tour has a regular like. Payday or something like that. They direct deposit on Monday. It's like a payroll. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking from Uh, all my experience or something. Yeah, but (laughs) did it say he went right after? Or did he wait till Monday? said, uh... Maybe he waited Just said then he blew through his $750,000 in earnings at a Vegas slots in just over an hour. So he may have waited until Monday until it cleared and said, all right, guys. You can tell how long it took for the plane to get to (laughs) Vegas. Maybe he was trying to make up for the tax money he was going to lose. Yeah. Like, well, if I can. <laughs> Probably thought he could write it off. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the PGA Championship, well, I mean, the elephant in the room is Colin Morikawa one. It was absolutely outstanding. Yep. Uh, along with the $1.8 million he won, which, by the way, I owe you 20 bucks. He owes you 20 bucks. I'm glad I picked him. You keep your 20 bucks. Say, cash is staying in my pocket. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. Uh, so along with that. Look at that. I'll get it to you while it's upstairs. The wife's got a hold of it. Yeah, I think he won. It was like 1.92 million. 
something like that. Uh, yeah. And he's got to pay a million dollars in taxes in California. Yeah. So he only gets nine hundred something thousand. Is there tax literally over fifty percent now? It's 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 in California. Really close. That from, is insane. from what I read. He's he's taking home. He's paying more than a million. Now we know why John Daly didn't play. <laughs> yeah. Anything he made, they're gonna take. I mean, that's just insane. It's insane. He, it got, is, a nice, he got a nice watch. So I got a list of things he uh, <laughs> probably got to pay the tax on the value of it. Probably. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. Uh, he said he's already in Omega. He was on Pat McAfee this morning. He's already an Omega partner, but the watch itself, he showed it had like an engraving on each side, like you know, PGA Championship uh, champion. So here's a. I think this list is legit, minus the last last part probably. You got a lifetime exemption in the PGA uh, uh, Championship, mm-hmm. five year exemption in the Masters, U.S. Open, the Open, and yep. on the PGA and Tour. The tour. Yep. You got the Omega timepiece, a Champions Money clip. And here's where I think the sarcasm comes in. One month free trial to ESPN Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so that I mean that's I believe I read he's so he's been on tour like eighteen months or something officially and he's made six I don't know if it's point, been that long, was it? Fourteen months, six point eight million. million. Almost six point nine. Yeah. Yeah. What does he have? Twenty seven starts or something to that extent? Three 29. wins in twenty nine. Yeah, well ridiculous. that was amateur. Because that's what they were saying, Tiger and him. Total on starts their, on tour. Yeah. So I don't know. Professional win. Professional starts. I don't. He's probably like twenty five ish, twenty six. Yeah. Because you can Crazy. only take, you can only have so many uh, sponsors exemptions as an amateur. Yeah, because they said him and Tiger both <coughs> won their first major, their twenty ninth start. Right. McAfee asked him today. He said, "Have you seen the guy? There was a guy that bet on Morikawa, I think last week, but also at the work day." And he said, yeah. He goes, I don't. I didn't read it again to it. He goes, I did see that the guy bet on me, and I won. And he won more than I did <laughs> playing. So I looked this up. So the guy put, this is for the work day. This isn't for last week. The guy put in a bet for uh, 4000 for Morikawa to leave after the first round. That paid two hundred grand. Then he put in one for 28000 for him to finish top five. That paid two hundred ten grand. Then he put it in the bet for ten thousand for Morikawa to win. That paid two eighty, and then Vegas confirmed that this guy also had bets on uh, UFC that weekend and made over a million dollars that weekend betting. Hopefully, he's not a California resident. <laughs> you know, it was in Vegas. They said, yeah. But if it you're matters. a resident to your state, you're paying yeah. that tax. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Uh, Morikawa's played in twenty nine events, and you're really close with the number. He's won six point eight nine eight million dollars. Yeah. Easy money. Not bad. No, just on the course. Not his sponsorships. He's a, You know, he's originally from California, but right. he lives in Vegas now. We know why. Yeah. Well, so I was listening. I don't know who was Matt Wolf must have been on four play a while ago. Or maybe it was Morikawa. Um, one of them was on in, I forget where Matt Wolf's living now. Might be in Florida, more cows in Vegas, and Hovland somewhere. Um, but they asked why Morikawa was in Vegas, and like the two of them were. They said, "Well, he's definitely the most mature of the three of us." <laughs> it's not even a question. <laughs> yeah, some nice courses to play in Vegas too. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's a good tournament. I mean, I was it was a little odd without the fans. I don't think we should be throwing an asterisk because because I know this has been talked about for these guys winning in like. Would the environment have been different if there was fans? Uh, 
yes, the environment would be different, but there's no reason to put an asterisk right. on it. You yeah. still got to go out there and win a golf tournament. Yes, yeah. players that are playing in the same environment. So Paul Casey might have collapsed with fans, but I was surprised he hung on. It seems like he's near the top, and if he gets near the top on a major, and then like Sunday he just falls. But he held on. There were still a couple hundred volunteers following around you. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, no fans, but there, yeah, it seemed like there was always a ton of people just standing around. I think the biggest round of applause was the uh, the GM on the weekend. He played as the marker, the GM for TPC Harding uh-huh. Park. Yeah. He got a, like a huge round of applause when they announced his name on the first tee Saturday morning. Any idea what he shot? No, uh, he was picking. I forget who he, he played with Saturday, but he was Saturday. He, Saturday shot like seventy five or something like that, and Sunday the guy he played with had a flight that he wanted to catch. <laughs> So they were basically playing speed golf, so he didn't finish all the holes. Yeah, I think it was like two and a half the hours. GM didn't. Yeah, like, so. I forget what hole they said. They said he hit his tee shot, and the PGA Pro, like, basically ran to the green, putted out in the par three, and the guy just picked, walked by, picked his ball up once the next tee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy's got a flight to catch. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was praying for, like, a five- or six-man playoff. Oh, for sure. I think the chaos of that would have been fun to watch. Yeah. Which I got thinking about, too, is when it got that tight at one point, I was like, we could have five or six guys in a playoff. Do we have enough daylight? Right. Because every day, I mean, it was ending around 7 o'clock there, the rounds, and it looked like it was getting pretty dark. And they needed three holes. Yeah. Because it was a three-hole playoff. Yeah, that would have been tight to get it in. Yeah. They did finish a little earlier Sunday, though, I think. Yeah, tee times were an hour and ten minutes earlier was the latest tee time. So maybe that's why they did that, just in case. But if you had five or six guys in the playoffs, the chance of having a winner after three holes would probably be very slim. You probably still have at least two or three guys to add. You say that, but did you guys see the the U.S. men's amateur this week? The stroke play to get in? Mm -hmm. 33-man playoff? We were or no, watching. 18. 18, 18 man spots, yeah. for three spots, and it lasted two holes. Are you serious? Two guys birdied the first hole to move on, and then one guy birdied the next hole to move on, and that was the end of it. Wait, yeah. if two guys birdied the first hole, wouldn't that be the end of the playoff? Three three spots. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it only took 18 guys, two holes. Yeah. That's not. And it's not even the biggest. 33 man is the biggest they've ever had. For the for the AM? For the AM. Thirty three for ten spots. We were just watching it on TV before everybody got here and just Taylor and I watched the guy hit one under the green and it was a whole high just Oh, he splashed it right in the center of the green. Good looking shot. Ended up across the red line. And <laughs> rolled off the green, like pin high, rolled down a bank, they had it all shaved off and he was in the weeds. Yeah. I think they said they've had five playoffs in the stroke play, obviously. Five playoffs over twenty five guys. In the career of it. That's weird because they cut the field down this year, too. Went from, like, 310 to, like, 2-something. They cut out, like, the, the 260. Right. They cut out, like, 70 guys. Yeah, it was – that's crazy to have that many guys and then ended after two holes. <laughs> but, I mean, props to those guys. I wonder if they won today. Do you know who they were? I, do, uh, I didn't write their names down. But Interesting. Stat boy, you want to look that one up? Sisk, I think, was one guy. The guys, the guys who qualified in the playoff, did they win today? There was a junior at Arizona State, a senior at Duke, and the other guy was from China, but he's going to be a freshman at Cal, maybe. Cal's got a good program, hence Morikawa. 
Yeah, yeah, quite a few guys coming out of there the last few years. Which I'd have to do some thinking in the timing of that uh, when Morikawa was at Cal. So he graduated, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So no, it would have been before his time, before he was in college. I caddy for Bryce, the USAM qualifier one year up in Rochester. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they always have the uh, Monroe Invitational up there, and they so they always hold a qualifier in Rochester the following weekend. So a lot of the guys just stay in town to play the AM qualifier. And that year, Cal had a ridiculous team. I can't remember who was on the team, but they're like six or seven men on the team was there at the Monroe, and he stayed and played the qualifier and like, Smooth like sixty seven, sixty seven in the qualifier. I'm like, this guy's the like six or seven man on the Cal team, right? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. It would have been before Morikawa's time, though. I mean, he wouldn't even have been a freshman at that point. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. This stuff is not updated very well right now. There's, I mean, they're still playing too, so yeah, yeah I think they wait to punch most of that in. Yeah. Yeah, they. You're getting back to the PGA though. Yeah, obviously, we were texting. What was it? 14 Morikawa chipped in and at that point he took that one shot lead and you knew he had 16 ahead of him so 17 is an easier par 3 but yeah when he hit that tee shot on 16 though it was and and Paul Casey was even on 17 he turned around and saw it yeah he saw it and he's like wow I think that shot we can say it now because it's fresh in our minds but I'm trying to look long term uh that shot not only – I mean, he made the putt, too. Let's not forget that. It wasn't wasn't like a kick-in. He still had to make a, you know, seven, eight-foot eight yeah. foot putt. That shot, to me, long-term, 25, 30 years from now, we're still going to be talking about that might, might be not the, but one of the greatest shots under pressure in a major champion, yeah. championship. Being under pressure, it wasn't like it was Thursday morning he hit it. And he said, Colt Nost asked him earlier in the week, are you going to go for the green at all? And he said, I, I was pretty emphatic about it. Like, no, nope. the wind's not right, which you and I talked about. Because remember the one day I said, nobody went for six. There was like four people or oh, three. Yeah, they were all just laying it to eight Everyone yards. was just laying up on 16, and they said the wind wasn't right. It might have been Thursday that nobody went for it. But when you look at the scoring average for the people that went at it versus the ones that laid back, I mean, even if you hit it in those bunkers, that's what you and I were talking about. Yeah. That was Friday not? when I was here. Yeah, Even the, the guys who blow it right in those trees, it's there was room over there. Like, at yeah. worst, you make par. I found that Sisk result. He got in as a 62 seed, so he played the number three seed. He won five and four today. That's nuts. Nice little ass That's... waxing right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, three seed. Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks like there was a lot of upsets. There was. I saw a kid from Scotland was, like, the 58 seed, and he won his match today. I mean, do you really call it an upset, though? No. 65 of the best amateurs. and Yeah, right. It's all based on how you shot on two days. You made it in. And if it's that enough. jam-packed, think about what's the difference between the guy who was in the three seed and the guy who was what they actually shoot for two yeah. days. Well, yeah, and I think the – Probably a couple shots. The the guys in the playoffs were two over, I think, to get in the playoff. And there was a, there was a bunch of – I think one of those three guys, or two of them, birdied – their last hole to get into the playoff. Wow. And made it in. And there were a few guys that bogeyed the last hole. There was like eight guys that bogeyed 18 that missed the playoff. Holy shit. Kind of like the other elephant in the room, uh, Ricky Fowler with his. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I forgot about that. Yeah, that. Squibbed little six-incher uh, to miss I, the cut. 
Yeah. Let's not take things for granted. Like, go yeah. ahead and finish that out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know how you... <laughs> I don't Trunk know how you do that. It's Trunk slamming's right, man. I hit him on my list, too. That pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. <laughs> I was glad to see it. Of course you were. <laughs> so I texted you both uh, last night. I have some other things I want to talk about. PGA Championship. This is related to that. I texted you both because... We know we know that Morikawa was one of he's now the fourth person to win a major at the age of twenty three. Uh we saw that graphic this weekend after he won. I mean they put it on TV. He tied Rory, Jack, and Tiger. What irked me was last night was something that we have talked about. Tied them for what? Being twenty three years old and winning a major. Did okay. Rory didn't win one at twenty three? No, he did. No, that's he did. that's oh, what that, I'm saying. Those four he is the fourth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. So what irked me was we had talked, I think, two episodes ago about Jack, where I think Jack's probably a great guy. He's great, he was great for the game. But that arrogance about him that's just a little Johnny Miller-esque. And last night I sent you guys that picture where, you know, he tweeted Morikawa, like, oh, I told him, you know, his swing was great, you know, how great he was, just like, you know, yours truly. And he posted a picture of himself holding the trophy when he won. I'm like, we we don't need that. Did Tiger congratulate him and post a picture of himself holding the trophy? <laughs> Did Rory congratulate him and post a picture of himself holding the trophy? Yeah. I, that's That was a great example of what I was talking about. Like, Jack, we don't need your reminders. We just right. congratulate the guy. The guy, if the guy would just say, hey, man, I got to – I mean, being like that, I mean, yeah, he's met Jack. Now he won, you know, he won the um, Murfield Village. He, he's met him. But do you think a guy, a rookie on tour, getting a congratulations from Jack Nicholas would be enough? Right. Do you really need to include yourself in that congratulatory treat? But did you hear about Johnny Miller's round at Oakmont? <laughs> 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 you get trap draws all day. Yeah. <laughs> After they got a half inch of rain. <sighs> but would you agree with me? I mean, that was, I sent yeah. it to you guys. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I, it was like instantly I saw that. I'm like, really? You can't just. Congratulate the twenty-three-year-old kid at one. Yep. Just like somebody did to you, you somehow had to like. And he posted a picture of himself. I'm like, right. what is wrong with you? Yeah. Do you look in the mirror every morning and be like, man, I'm good looking? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I don't really know what else to say about it. To be honest with him, it's you're right. I, I mean, there's not much else to add to it. You're right. It was a prime example of it. Were you as peeved as I was? I don't think so. Okay. No. <laughs> Kyle was definitely upset about it. I was pissed. So let's talk about something else that pissed me off. Oh. He's been growing on you. You said you like him, Mr. Brooks Kepka. Oh. I've been like, yeah, yeah, I can get, I can get on board with this a little bit. I think that's mainly because he is trolling the hell out of Bryson. Bryson, right. Exactly, that's yes. why. Yeah. What he did Saturday night was right up there in douchebaggery. Yeah. So I, re- I rewatched his comment about, I don't know the guys at the top of the leaderboard. I don't, I'm going to give him benefit of doubt. I think part of that comment was made of, I haven't actually seen the leaderboard and who's up there. Yes. That's where I think that comment kind of went and, that might have been taken out of context by some people, but if you watched it, he was interviewed right after his round, so he, he might not have actually seen a leaderboard to see who was up there. I believe they had the leaderboard. 
in front of him. I, I don't know. But either way, that's that's how I took him. Give him the benefit of the doubt. The way he kind of he said you kind of mumbled and stumbled through it. Like I don't I don't know who's up there. I mean, I think he. I think we assume we think that all athletes should be comfortable behind a microphone talking, right? And they're just not. Yeah. And I think he is one of those people that is not. Not. And I, I saw his comments as a guy who is awkwardly stumbling through an answer to a question, not really knowing what he wants to say, and it just came out as something awkward that he probably regrets. Yeah. Um, the, the comment about, I don't know who's on the leaderboard, I think that was part of, I don't, he really truly hadn't seen the leaderboard. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. It was the dig he took at Dustin that, Johnson. That, that's the piece that I think bothered me more. Yeah. Was a dig at him. Did you see that part of yeah, it? Yeah, yes. Okay. But again, I think he was just awkwardly stumbling through that. He was trying to make the comment that they asked him about what he's going to do different or something like that. Yeah. Is his experience going to come into play? And I think he was trying to say that, yes, I have a lot of experience here. I have four majors. And if you look at the rest of the leaderboard, and he just happened to pick out DJ and say, you know, DJ's only got one. And I don't think he was taking a shot at DJ. It was just... He was answering the question about his own experience that they DJ asked him. DJ is the second coming of Thomas Bjorn, though, let's be honest. Choke yeah. artist. Yes. Oh, he's 0 for 4 in uh, leads held in majors after 54 holes. 0 for 4. Yeah. Sorry, still Thomas Bjorn. What, but 13 straight years on tour. and 21 wins, three times as many wins as Brooks. Correct. I, and I think that's where, it, like, obviously Rory made a statement about it Sunday mm-hmm. about it. So I think it <laughs> – it, it may have been taken out of context, but obviously PGA Tour pros m- met, noticed it as well. I mean, they. Ha- I mean, somebody did. But, I mean, to bring it up to yeah. Rory. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. It doesn't look good, but like, like you just said, those stats they have nothing to do with the question that he was answering. He was answering a question about his experience on major Sundays. Yeah, and the answer just came out awkwardly. Golf yeah. Channel tried to spin it as. Um, Basically, like a mental warfare, which I don't think it is, but no, just if that's his way of hyping himself up to get ready for the next day, like go ahead and do that. Just I probably wouldn't say it in front of a bunch of the media people. And I, and I think he's, I think he's definitely hurt, which I, I'm surprised he's playing this week. And I think that's more to yeah. improve his. I think he's 92nd on in the FedEx Cup rings right it's, now. It's lower than that. So he's he's Did definitely you look that up. because well, well, when you've got. FedEx Cup rankings, because Speed's playing this week, too. Yeah. On Friday, when you have your trainer stretching your back and hip yeah. multiple times, then, yeah, absolutely. And then he played that off. He was like, he's like, no, that's just all the time. <laughs> but obviously not in the middle which of the round. Which it probably, you know. right. Yeah. I'm sure that's but, true. He said he woke up like that, and, which is possible. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, that's why I'm surprised he's playing Wake up this like week that every to, morning. Obviously, he probably, he wants to get through the, he like to get in the top 70, probably. So, he's uh. I don't know. I just I just find if he's truly that hurt, why not be like, hey, I'm not going to play this week. I'll play next week because he's not going to get out of the top 120. He'll well, definitely be playing next week. Maybe that's why he's playing this week. Hopefully, to what's what's he at? Brooks is at 92 and Jordan's okay. right behind at 94. Yeah. Okay, so they're lo- they're actually higher than and, Jor- and Jordan's played that tournament a couple times. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't think Brooks has ever played it because uh, obviously it's always the last tournament of the year. But they're not. They're. I know the points is kind of. Arbitrary sounding. They're two thousand <coughs> points behind. So you put a couple top tens on the board, and boom, you're right up there with them. Yeah, but Justin wins, Thomas he, is leading. Right I now. think it's like seven hundred of the winner this week. 
which puts you way yeah. up there. And so points are this is the last week for points. Right. Playoff yeah. start. And I don't, but I don't think to your point that he's never played this. This year is so screwed up that I don't put any stock in yeah. the yeah. fact of people playing a different schedule than usual. Right. So, which I think Lakava made a comment today about Tiger not playing enough. So, yeah. Joe Joey did. Yeah. And I don't, he he probably told Tiger he was going to make the comment, but. I don't think Tiger's played enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think I've always been one of those people that has said that, you know, let's be honest. We all want to see Tiger play. We all enjoy it more when Tiger's in the field. We get a little hyped up. Yeah. Yeah. I can think I speak for all of us sitting at this table when I say one of our big motivators in golf was Tiger Woods. Right. Like That was the guy that was the face that, I'm not going to say it's why we picked up a club, but that was during our childhood, he was he was pretty dominant, and that was the face. And we all want to see him play more. I mean, that's we get more hyped up when Tiger's in the field. What I have come to notice is, and we're all guilty of, I know I am, but when Tiger's in the field, it's like every day he's in the field, we sit on edge. Like you want him to play well. And then he doesn't play well. And then you sit there and you're like, is he okay? Is he getting too old? Is he right. hurt? And then at the end of the day, like those questions continue to go like, is his back okay? Or he's, he's got a ball in the rough and he takes a cut at it. And like, you just kind of hold your breath for a minute. Like, is he going to walk away from this one? Because we watched a guy walk off a tour of him because his glutes weren't activated. So <laughs> I think, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think I'm, I have that feeling that a lot of people are like, I do it. Is he, is he all right? Like, is he, you know, at the end of the day, like, he didn't play well. Please don't come out tomorrow and say, well, I, I'm hurt and I can't play again right. for a while because we want to continue to see him play and show up. I think it would have been nice for him to – it would have been nice to see him play this week. Obviously, hopefully he'll play three straight weeks. I think he's 42 or 46. Yeah, he's not – yeah. So he's not far out of the top 30. Right. But, yeah, and maybe that's his hope. Obviously, play well next week, play well the week after and get in the top 30, make it, make it back to Tour Championship. I think he is not playing a lot right now. I think he's playing a lot right now, not on tour. Right. Because um, even he made a comment, I think, after his round Sunday that said he was ready for the playoffs. Yeah. It was nice for them to give them a two-week break between the end of the playoffs and the U.S. Open. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a gap there. That's why I'm surprised because he hasn't been playing a lot. Why not play four weeks in a row? I know it's a lot, but. Yeah, I think he changed his schedule to be very heavy and be playing a lot of tournament. You have trouble with that thing again? Mm-hmm. It's twice now. I've almost missed your lip. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, he's, no. o- he's obviously looking at your lips a lot. <laughs> I, say, I, mean, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you look like you were out of the corner of my eye. I look like you were. <laughs> Can we stumble back just to something that you were talking about 30 seconds ago? I agree that we all like to watch Tiger. We all yeah. do sit on edge. But you did make a comment this weekend. I mean, personally... I like to watch him when he's playing well. I like to watch yeah. anybody when they're playing well. But if Tiger, I know he played okay this weekend, but let's go back two years ago or so. I know you're going with us. Go ahead. Do you want to watch Tiger shoot 85 while no. they analyze every three-footer that he misses? And then the next guy stands up and misses a three-footer. They don't say anything about it. They analyze everything We talked about this because they were showing Bryson like every shot. I think when he wasn't even like Friday, he wasn't really in the mix, was he? I mean, I, I feel like there's those. I thought he was going to trunk slam, but there I, he I feel was like there's Sunday those like somehow. 20 guys that they show Non-stop. every shot all the time if they're playing. So, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I wasn't surprised to see. Obviously, Bryson's the talk of the tour right now, so it's not yeah. It's not a surprise to see them showing him. While Cameron Champ silently hits it past him. So I saw this. Actually, and you and, and I. And was out driving him Sunday. He was here Sunday watching it. And uh, I said, man, I feel like you're playing really fast. And they kept showing, like, did you guys notice that? They were showing, like, I felt like guys were playing fast, and I felt like they kept showing, like, a ton of shots. Like, it was very quick. They actually posted a stat that CBS televised 1.69 strokes per minute. And I think that's because so many guys were tied at like 10 under. Right. At the time. So they were like, we got to catch this shot. We got to catch this shot. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Like, that's watching a lot of golf, watching a lot of leaders. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be in that, <clears throat> I would be in that production truck, like trying to right. coordinate that. So I'll ask you guys, because, well, I guess more for Taylor and Kyle. I guess if you want to answer. So Collins Caddy. <laughs> Collins Caddy was a three-time All-American in college, Division Two. How much does that help having someone that played that successful in the college game, I guess, on your bag versus someone that, you know, you're good friends with and is just a, a decent player? Does that help strategy-wise coming down the stretch, knowing how to play the shots? Or no, does that not matter as much? Do you want my... Do you want the quick answer first? Whatever you want to give me. So the quick answer is, in my opinion, no. I don't think so. And I think that is because you could have somebody on your bag who's a 30 handicap, but if that person's able to talk to you and when things are going south, you can kind of like reel it back in. They know what to say to you and they know you personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you have a caddy that's comfortable, like, like not that he does it. But let's say Bryson's got someone on his bag that is very comfortable with him, and he has a little outburst, and you kind of pull him aside and, like, you better stop that shit right now. Right. That was going to be my response, too, was it's it's less about the game and yeah. telling them, hit this shot, shape it this way, this putt's going to break. I mean, they know what's going to happen. It's all yeah. about, dude, you're on 18. Let's focus here. Yeah. Make your par. Let's get on Give with it. Give them the number and let them make a decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I agree that my answer would be no. And it may not directly correlate, but I immediately thought of, like, in the major sports, some of the greatest coaches ever are people whose playing careers sucked so bad that right. they went on. They and, spent a lot of time watching from ex- the bench. Yeah, yeah, and they went on to be great students of the game and therefore great coaches. So, Like Luke Walton, Coach yeah. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring him up later. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. Bob. Yeah, I think my fast answer is no. I mean, yeah, because and obviously you guys talking about like setting your sight guys straight. That's what they said with Greller. He's basically become a psychologist over the last two but, years. But then full time psychologist because he's trying to right. But there again, there's a guy Spieth that straight. he knows Spieth on a very very personal level. I mean, he's known him since right. he was a junior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he can he can do that, and Spieth relies on him for that. Some probably sometimes. So yeah, I would say no, and I would say. Probably be more important if you, it, you don't have to be a good golfer to be able to read greens if that's part of your job. If they, right. he asks you to read greens, I mean, I've never been a big, big fan of David Ledbetter. The guy was like an eight handicap out there coaching tour pros. I'm like, but then, like to your point, mm-hmm. he probably had a good knowledge of the swing. He just couldn't actually physically pull it off to be that good. Yep, but he knew how to analyze. I still think Ledbetter's not that great of those, a coach. Those but, who can't play teach. Sure. I'll, I'll raise my hand over here after shooting a gentleman's 82 this week. 
Are we still talking about golf? You want to move on to hockey? Because yeah, we're not going to talk about the three things that Phil does well. <laughs> is there a clear hatred between him and Faldo? It was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. There's, Faldo, so, there's something are, there that I didn't read it fully. The comments, but people are tweeting at Faldo today, and he was just like responding with emojis. Yeah, but <laughs> it was. <laughs> so they brought Phil on the. For those listening, they brought Phil on the broadcast Saturday. Correct. Uh-huh. Saturday after he got done playing. And uh, we got some white noise somewhere. Um. Anyways. It's so, upstairs. She's running water. Okay. They gave they gave an in, let him do his intro, and he basically said, there's three things in life I'm really good at, playing golf and talking about golf. <laughs> so the joke being, hey, I'm not good at math or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And Faldo – it went right over Faldo's head, and he goes, wait a minute, you said there were three things. What's the third? Oh, yeah, he totally didn't get the joke. <laughs> and then there was, like, a weird tension. Uh, the more they talked, because Faldo made some comments about Phil's swing being too long, and he said <laughs> Phil had some quip back at him. And he said, if, it, I swung, if I shortened it, I'd swing like you. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was some clear friction history there that those two guys don't like each other. It was other awkward because Phil had, like, this that, like, fake yeah. cheese grin, like, staring at him yeah. on his head. And, yeah. and Nance was like, just use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's – Phil is 50 now. He sees that the, the horizon is approaching him, and he's trying to get himself the spotlight for when he can sit in Faldo's spot because that guy's not going to be in the and uh, booth. Forever. I think I would rather see him on the course I, I would than, than in the booth. I can't stand Who, Phil? guy yeah. talk. But. I don't know. I just, Phil? But yeah. I, oh. then again, you can't have those quick jabs while your guys got guys swinging yeah. 20 feet from you, so – Maybe he'd be better in the booth. I don't think you'll ever be in the booth. I really don't. He might be on the desk, like, at a major or something sometime. Maybe but, next yeah. year we can get a match and have JT and him on the course together. I think it'd be a lot like listening to Johnny Miller. <laughs> no. Yeah. Get out of here. They call him Fig Jam for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, do you know what Fig Jam is? No. Never. Fuck, I'm good. Just ask me. <laughs> that was always the rumor that was his uh, nickname on tour. I'd never heard that one. You ever heard Fig Jam? No. I've never heard him <laughs> called that. I think I read that a long time ago one time. Someone did an interview. I, I, I heard a quick <clears throat> anecdote about him going to a course in Rochester and standing on the first tee and all the members gather around because they, they want to watch Phil. And instead of hitting down the fairway, he aims 30 yards right because it's out of bounds right. And he immediately snap hooks, boom, boom, two of them out right. And they're all looking around perplexed. What, what just happened here? And he turns back to the members. He says, had to do that. Didn't want to break your course record, and then walks down the fairway. <laughs> that's actually a great. I mean, story. that's kind of funny. That's a great story. If that's true, though, does that not come on? Fig jam, right there. That is that is actually awesome. I mean, he does has what forty five wins on tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, is, I I like Phil, so yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to knock that because when I was in college, there was one of my like jokes I used to do that people took serious. Is I'd walk into the pro shop at tournaments away. And there'd be like all these like kids like oh and they're all serious and the you know the guys working on the counter I'd walk in and be like, um, you guys got scorecards? They're like, yeah, they're right here. I'm like, oh, where's the first tee? They're like, oh, it's over there. I'm like, and, uh, and the course record is. <laughs> yeah. To me, those are kind of. That's same. actually really funny that he did that. Wow. It's probably Country Club of Rochester, my guess, because he plays over there when he's in town. That I'm not sure of. That's an old anecdote. That's <laughs> actually funny. <laughs> Didn't want to break your yeah. course record. I'm gonna remember that next time I like I get up and just like. I'm playing well, I'm like jacking out on a hole or just making them. It's cool. I want to break the course record today. Yeah. I do think as far as the broadcast goes that 
specifically Scott Van Pelt is very good at broadcasting golf. He I is. Think he's good to listen to. He, did you know he got his start in golf? Like I think it was like after college. I think he. No, it's homework for you. He did an interview with Faraday. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Really yeah. good interview. He only gets it twice a year. Yeah, PJ and Masters. Yep. Which I talked last week about Kelly Tillman being on. I didn't, didn't even notice if she was on. No, never saw her. So I don't know where you pulled that out of. Just really glad not to see Joe Buck. There's that U.S. <laughs> yeah. Open coverage. That's U.S. Open. Yeah. Oh, my God. He might still be getting that. But she tweeted something about it was good to be back this week, and Colton Nost responded to it. And it was like, it was I think great. she was on. They, her, Colton Nost, and they someone else. It was like an hour before coverage on Golf Channel. Okay. So I think it wasn't was like, like during it. coverage. She right. wasn't on course. Okay. I, th- I think way. that's, I think that was a, like a live from the range or something. Right. Okay. I still didn't see her. And I watched, I feel like that's all I did was put a dent in my couch watching golf. Yep. Same here. Huh. Interesting. I am disappointed though. Cause this is the first year I'm not going to the masters because of COVID. <laughs> Usually it's cause I just can't get a ticket. And I'm poor. <laughs> I saw that today. I was like, it's oh, kind of true. Got any other golf questions for us over there? No. All right, let's get on to some really good stuff. You guys got me hooked on this hockey. Good. I was up last night, like, super late. Yesterday was a good day to be hooked on hockey. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if it, so, yes. Because the Columbus game, if you were, like, three periods in and then you started watching overtime, you were, at that point you were just, like, it was like a poker pot. You were already in pot committed. You had to watch yeah. it. Correct. So, carry on. So the yeah we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but the first qualifying round is over. So the first round of the actual playoffs started this week, uh, Tuesday to be specific. So yesterday, Columbus and Tampa had their game one through three in the same night. <laughs> so somebody tied the game. I didn't even see it in regulation. Did, have you even seen this? I have not. All right. So Columbus and Tampa, Columbus. And Tampa played into the fifth overtime last night. Ended up being the fourth longest game in NHL. They kept saying playoff history, but it's got to just be NHL history. Yeah, and well, because wouldn't they go to a shootout in a normal season game? I, I think yes, but that's only been the case yeah, in the last like twenty years. It's the second longest in modern history because the two other, the top two are like nineteen thirty three and nineteen thirty six or something like that. And it was like so six teams back then. Mm, After yeah. that, not. Yes. Was it back that far? I don't know when it. That's pretty good by yeah. stat boy right there. Yeah. I don't know why I knew that. That's my random fact of the day for you right there. <laughs> well, you yeah. mean you did back in, in like back Detroit in the thirties? It would have had to have been yeah the original six still. But either way, Braden Point won it for Tampa Bay in the fifth overtime. So regular season now, during the regular season, they play three periods. If they're tied, they do a five minute three versus three uh, overtime, and then they go to a shootout. The playoffs, they still play continuous 20-minute periods until you have a winner. So they, yeah, went into the fifth overtime. So the Are there eighth, guys like the eighth period. Of pizza on the bench or something? Just, my God, you've got to be dead. Some of these long overtime games over the last 10 years, they'll interview goalies afterwards, and they've noted some goalies losing as much as like 10 to 15 pounds in a game like this because they a, sweat out so much. Yeah, and it was like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. It, yeah. was a, it was a minute 35 short of being the longest in modern day history. So, yeah, they even because they interviewed John Cooper after and they asked 
They said, what do you remember most? He says, my feet were freezing. (laughs) And then he said, after, I don't know if it was after regulation, he had a salmon salad waiting in the coach's room. He said, when we went to overtime, he says, I couldn't eat it. And then every intermission, he says, I just didn't eat it. He says, I'm starving right now. I mean, it was like superstition. I'm just not going to touch it now because (laughs) we're still in it. Somebody last night, maybe you guys know this when I ask a question. I heard this morning that one of the players got 60 minutes of ice time last night. Yeah. Seth Jones. Seth, Seth Jones on Columbus. I think it ended up being 63 Yeah, or something like that. The most, War- Warensky was close. That's as bonkers. Well. Yeah, and so was Hedman for Tampa. Yeah, yeah he was, Hedman was like 58. Yeah. So in a normal NHL game, which is 60 minutes long, three 20-minute periods, defensemen usually get the most ice time, and the guys that are up there in the league usually average 27 to 28 minutes played in, in a game. So, and last night Seth Jones played 63 minutes. What's the average shift length mm, for a defenseman? For, probably in general, they're like 45 seconds. Oh, that fast? Yeah. Of clock time, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And defensemen tend to, could be a little longer. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, most shifts you're going full board. Hockey's so end to end now that it's almost, you know, you're going out there and just sprinting up and down the ice. So, yeah, 45 seconds to a minute is probably and average. They, and I think they say in a normal game, you skate. Uh, a guy that plays a decent amount of skates, like five to six miles. I believe that. Yeah. So, I definitely believe that. They played almost three games last night. So that game, I'm sure the NHL thought of this, but so they're, they're in these hub cities. So the Eastern Conference is in Toronto. So that game took place in Toronto. They had three games scheduled yesterday. There was one earlier than that, right? And then. No, there's just the two. All right. So, well, either way, that, that game started at three. And then Boston and Carolina were supposed to play at 8 o'clock. And they said, I don't know why they got so specific, but they need 87 and a half minutes. <laughs> I just rounded up to 90. They need 90 minutes in between games because you need the teams to be able to undress, shower, get out of the locker room. They have to send a crew in to disinfect the locker room. Then the other team for the later game comes in, gets dressed, does their thing. They have their traditional warm-ups come back in, they Zambone to the ice, then the game starts. So they need 90 minutes in between games. So as soon as that game got into like two or three overtimes, I think by the time it got into second overtime, they knew the later game was already going to be delayed. But that game ended up going so late that they postponed last night's Boston-Carolina game and played it this morning at 11 a.m. Which is a good thing they did after. <laughs> that game That game ended up going into two overtimes. They're really and, this morning. And then it delayed the second game. It was supposed to happen today. Yeah, it delayed oh the God. second game by a little over an hour. And then luckily that one didn't go to overtime, so they got the yeah, third so one, one to start in time. On time. <laughs> but, We're watching Philly and Montreal. Yeah, right so now. the second game was supposed to start at 8, and the first game ended at 9.30 last night. Yeah. So it, that game wouldn't even have started until 11 o'clock. And yep. then, like and the, I said, it went second overtime. It wouldn't have ended till like, probably two. And it would have ran signing. And those guys, and you got to think about it, those guys were probably, those guys probably, I don't know when they got to the arena, but that those teams probably got to the arena around, I would guess, I six. six o'clock-ish. I saw probably. a picture last night of someone just like, they were in another room yeah, the, where the Raptors like must work out and yeah. have a gym. And they were like laying on the floor watching, yeah, watching the game. Yeah, yeah. they, uh, well, I think Cooper said even, after regulation, they went back, and the Bruin, I think the Bruins' coach's room was right next door to his, and he poked his head, and he said, you guys know how this goes. It either ends real quick or it doesn't end <laughs> quick. 
And then you said after after the fourth one, I looked in, and they were packing their bags up. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I'll say is usually they get in the playoffs, they have these long overtime games. By the time you get to the second overtime, guys are just absolutely gassed. Last night, these guys were able to keep their energy up through all five overtimes. It was crazy. And I think that's because they had the long coronavirus layoff for three months. These guys are actually fresh. We talked about this a month, month or so ago that everybody coming into this was going to be healthy, have right. energy, and we might see the best playoffs ever. And I think last night was kind of a prime example of that, that they're, they still yeah. had their energy late in that game. Which that was that yeah. was your guys' prediction and the experts yeah. analyst went the other way with it before the hockey season started, so these guys won't be conditioned enough because yeah, they won't have can't yeah. I didn't buy it. Didn't yeah, they were do they were flying like I so said, Seth Jones playing sixty three minutes and after they interviewed him he looked like he yeah. just played like twenty minutes. Kid's an impressive athlete. And they play tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. Playing yep. tomorrow. So yeah, it's been exciting so far. I mean, it was glued to the TV. Yeah. It was just glued. Six and a half hours. <laughs> it was. Russ Russ wanted him to start playing the uh, Bruins Canes game during intermission. Send him yeah. out there like the Pee Wee game in between periods. I'll <laughs> 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 play like ten minutes into the game. I saw another one today that said if it gets to a fourth overtime again, it's uh, two pucks are in play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, even whoever was putting the signs up in the arena on the boards, there was one in, like, the third overtime. I think I texted you guys, and it said, like, still overtime. Yeah. And then yeah. when they went to the, I don't know, the f- after the fourth, they said seventh period stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're having fun with it there. So, um, prior to the playoffs start, or Tuesday, prior to Tuesday, so the qualifying round end, we talked about the uh, lottery coming up. They had the first wave of that back in June, and they had the probably nightmare scenario where the team to be determined later won the lottery. Yep. So they ended up holding that lottery, phase two of the lottery, Monday night. So all the teams that had been eliminated were eligible. Eligible. So instead of doing their number code system, they actually did the legitimate lottery ball machine with the ping pong balls. They put one ping pong ball in for – was. I already know what he's thinking over there. I'm just, I have a question for both of you, <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so they had a ping pong ball represented for each team, and New York Rangers ended up winning that. So New York Rangers get first overall. Probably going to select Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah. Do you think it was rigged like everyone claims? Because I'm calling bullshit. This was not rigged, and everybody that cl- – so, uh, all right. Toronto the, almost got the pick. Did you yeah, see the video? Yeah, they did. I'm glad. Yeah. The ball sucked up and it hit the thing and come back down. Yeah. Went up into the tube, rattled around. Rattled came around, back. came down. So they made a big production of this. They had some clown lawyer from, you know, Joe Schmo Inc. there with a suitcase. Joe Schmo Inc. <laughs> I love it. He'd hold the ping pong ball up. Some lady was reading off stats about the team, and then they had the commissioner confirm Yes, that is the New York Rangers logo. And then he dropped the ball in. And then they dramatically bring the next one out. And it took it took a full five minutes to load the eight balls into the machine. <laughs> Keep it moving. So, <laughs> yes. So the guy, they were in alphabetical order by city. So the guy loaded like five of the balls. 
Then he got to New York, and while she's talking, he accidentally dropped the ball in there. It's still just in order in this tube. So he pulled it back out and held it. So everybody was claiming that that ball was heavier than the others, which is why he dropped it. Because he had butterfingers. <laughs> right. No. But people were claiming, oh, that ball must be heavier, and he dropped it in there accidentally. Which How, how heavy can a ping pong ball be? First of all, my so, question is if it's heavier, so, how does it actually go up the tube? Correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. If the ball was heavier, it would give them a disadvantage in Thank this you. vacuum system that's sucking the ball to the top. That was actually a golf ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If there was seven balls just laying in the bottom, not doing anything, and one of them banging yeah. around, then like, okay, it's rigged for that if one. If it was team. rigged for the Rangers, like everybody else's would have been heavier, yes. like you said. So, do you? N- no, this was not friggin' rigged. It was ridiculous. Because they, they brought it back to the. Which we've talked about before was the, the Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Ewing. but you ever uh, heard that story? Yeah, the, the cold envelope. Yeah, we we've told that. So he pr- he probably couldn't have, uh, maybe not. Probably a better place for hockey for him to end up because the Rangers have been down mm-hmm. the past few years, and to be obviously in New York City is a big advantage. The Rangers have had like seven first round picks in the last four seasons or something. They're very stacked on high end young talent. And last offseason, they signed Artemi Panarin, who is a Hart Trophy finalist from the past season for league MVP. Mika Zabinajad has found a resurgence in New York. You put Lafreniere on a line with Zabinajad and Panarin, Panarin and yeah. that's immediately one of the best lines in the league. So they, I know they got eliminated. What was their seed? Uh, 11. Because Carolina was a Carolina. six. Yeah. Okay. Because so, yeah. I know we talked about the whole, like, the number of, like, five seeds it could have ended up with. So, so I know a few Rangers yeah. fans that were upset when they got in the playoff because they wanted first overall pick because they knew they had been struggling. They wanted something. Yeah. So they were upset when they made the playoffs. And are, now, they, are they upset now? I'm just, no. Didn't think I, text, so. I texted one of them. I said, I said, does that make getting swept in the, first, in the qualifying round better? And he said, of course. <laughs> I'm... Certainly not a Rangers fan, and obviously I hate the Yankees, but baseball is much bigger. Hockey has uh, more issues getting national exposure and things like that. And I believe that having the New York Rangers, one of the biggest, the biggest market in the country, having the New York Rangers have a solid, successful team is very good for the NHL. It's good for the sport, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's more important for the NHL to have New York be good versus, yeah. like, the Yankees. I think that's why I was really into the Yankees. But I think it's good for the NHL yeah. when the New York Rangers well, are obviously, successful. Obviously taking out Toronto, Edmonton, and Pittsburgh because that would have been stupid if the three of them, one of the three of them got it. But a lot of people thought Minnesota would have been a great landing spot as well just because it's state of hockey and everything. So now before, I wouldn't be able to agree or disagree with that. But after Russ makes this point, I'd have to disagree with him going to Minnesota to be a good fit. Just because, like you said, if it's if you think hockey is a sports in this lull or not getting the, the attention it deserves, a guy at this magnitude going to the biggest market in New York being good, great for the sport. Right. Yeah. Great for the sport. Nope. Nope. I never under, I still never I'll never understand how any team in New York City, in the largest market in the country, yeah. Is unable to put a winning product on on the field, on the ice, or on the court. New York Knicks, I'm calling you out. <laughs> I think the 
the league in general will benefit from him being a Ranger versus had Minnesota or the Florida Panthers right. won it. I think I think for as far as the league goes, they probably got the best scenario possible yep. with the New York Rangers. Yeah, I think it's a it's a big plus. Was he there? They had they were interviewing him remotely through okay. Zoom or something. I saw like a picture of him like and he so he's eighteen. You could easily convince people based on like that interview that he's like twenty six or something. Yeah. He looks like a man child. Where's he from? Quebec, Canada. He's a French Canadian. I thought you were gonna hit me with like oh he's from like Yugoslavia. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I'm twelve. <laughs> Still got a certificate to play junior hockey and play in college. But He'll we see a little league world series as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we see a lot of these kids in hockey that are drafted at 18. There's there's a lot of pressure now once you're a first-round pick to get into the NHL. If you're a top-ten pick, to get in, like, the next season. And we see a lot of these kids. Think about the Sabres, like, when they drafted Casey Middlestat. Right. Middlestat looked like he was 13 years old. He and still you, does. <laughs> and you would think, this kid cannot play in the NHL for, like, five years. Like, he has got to mature and grow up. He went to college for three right. years, been in the NHL for, like, four years, still looks 13. Yeah. <laughs> But when you look at Lafreniere, it's the exact opposite. It's, okay, this looks like a man-child who, at 18, 19 years old, he'll be able to step into the NHL immediately. Another person I think about, same thing, is, I mean, McDavid looks young, but uh, Seth Jones is just a monster, and he was, what, number three overall? I've said it was a while ago, but he was was a big kid. I'm assuming he's going to go right to the Rangers. He's not going to do the whole college shit. No. Especially... Even more so. Now. I mean, he's the number one pick. Well, he's not playing juniors. Yeah, he's, he's so many. There's years, a lot of so. weird. Yeah, he'd go back to Canadian juniors. He wouldn't go to college, but no, he that kid will be on the Rangers next year. Okay. Yep. Seth Jones was like fifth or sixth overall. He dropped in that draft to Nashville. But he, yeah, he was another kid that was just big. Yeah. Coming out. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on the Sabers' new uniforms? Absolutely love them. Because I think both of you before have said, I wish they'd go back to the... Yeah. So, Sabres came into the NHL in the early 70s. From then until 96, they wore the royal blue and gold. So, a bright royal blue. 96, 97, they completely rebranded the franchise. They got a new arena. That's when they went to the red and black. With the swords and the buffalo head? Yeah. Okay. Which, that was... A complete random. A lot of teams will change their logo, change minor things, but rarely do they ever just completely change a color scheme. Yeah, they didn't keep any colors. <laughs> so, from that season, 96-97, through the lockout in 05, after that lockout, they came back and went back to blue and gold. They had some ugly-ass uniforms right. and logos, but they went back to blue and gold. But So, since 05, through this past season, it was always a really dark navy blue. So to a lot of casual viewers, they might be looking at these uniforms and think they don't look a whole lot different, but the main difference that Sabres fans have been calling for is they went from really dark navy back to the bright royal blue. I think Taylor's got a Yeah, a and photo like there. three, probably three years ago when they went to, they put an alternate out and they tried to make it like the royal blue and it just didn't, didn't look great. You can kind of see it there on camera. For those of you listening yeah. on iTunes and Spotify showing a picture on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, uh, that translates well. But yeah, yeah, the big the big takeaway is they scrapped the navy blue and went back to the nice bright royal blue. I liked it. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Still got a crappy product on the ice, but 
The interesting <laughs> thing is they put out this like 45 second video with like a somebody dropping like a package. package You'd see like yeah. this content, you know, that people put out, and in that video they even showed like all these people that had tweeted or commented on Instagram towards the Sabers that to bring back bring back Royal Blue. They showed these like hundreds of comments and whatnot, and I thought it was interesting that they actually did that because it 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 shows that professional franchises are actually going on and reading all the freaking comments yeah. on their posts and stuff. So, in the the so guy you, who actually designed them for Adidas is originally from Buffalo, so he designed the Sabers jersey too. So he was pretty happy. He he commented on it saying he was happy and was very pleased that being from Buffalo that. They used his design and going back to those colors. Yep. So, good move. I think they look good. They're going to be, in my opinion, they'll be one of the best-looking uniforms probably in all sports. Did you guys order yours yet? Just the team still sucks. It's going to be wearing them. (laughs) That's the only depressing part. I did not order one. No. No. Are you going to order one? I might have to, though. I got a New Jersey last year, so I won't. I think this is finally the design they have that will stick around for a long time. And maybe never See, now the Bills should go back to the old school. Jerseys, like the early '90s jerseys. Yeah, would be sick. That seems like bad taste to me. Yeah, there's Why? some bad they juju four, there. Four straight Super Bowls, though. They didn't win any of so, them, lost but they them went all. To, uh, four lost. straight AFC titles. What if I say it that way? Doesn't matter. Man. <laughs> then they didn't win the next game. <laughs> I would like to see. I'd like to see Buffalo. I, I have no problem. I mean, the logo is the logo. It'd be tough to come up with something different. That, that big Buffalo on the yeah. side. Yeah, I like the old school logo, like the like yeah pre nineties. Yeah. Like I like that, like the silhouette. I'd like to see Buffalo go to one of their primary jerseys being the red. Yeah, like a red. I, I agree with that. A red you know, jersey with the white pants. Maybe the Bills should switch up and just go blue royal, and gold. royal blue and gold. <laughs> We um, talked about so, this last yeah, week with Pittsburgh. You guess talk I talk, about yeah, I talked about that last episode. I've always liked that idea. Yeah. It's only so two, that, they only got two sports. So that brings me back to three. That, they do have three. No, sorry. That brings me back to 96, 97 when the Sabres rebranded and went to red and black. Why not go to red, white, and blue right. at that time <laughs> to match the bills? But I think the I think the blue and gold looks super clean. It's Technically, sick. the bills are out of out of style right now because <laughs> Toronto's currently playing in Buffalo because Toronto can't have teams from the U.S. travel up there. So, and they they're they're rocking the powder blue. Yeah, they introduced those, their new uniform. Those powder blues are. They put, I remember watching games going up there to watch games with my family when I was young and Joe Carter. Joe Carter, powder blue World Series, <laughs> Hooters. You remember? So the Blue Jays. As you just said, the Blue Jays are playing in Buffalo right now, Salem's Field, where the Buffalo Bisons, their the Blue Jays AAA team plays. Dude, they put a ton of money into that yeah. Yeah. stadium. The Blue Jays did. I didn't see a lot of difference between. Well, they it, they built some massive facility out by the parking garage, out past center field. Yeah, they built two buildings. I, I saw they were then, building that. Like I saw a tweet where they were yeah. in the middle of that. They remodeled the the locker rooms, the hallways, like. They cleaned everything. They up. quickly. Oh yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, this is what three weeks. Yep. So like the Bison's are going to benefit big time because they basically now got a brand new locker room. Is there a hotel right next to the stadium too? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few. There's a couple right there. Because I saw last night where some guy uh, posted a video. There was like four or five of them in the hotel room watching a the game. 
because the hotel overlooked the field. Oh. They were way up, but they were watching the game. Yep. Yeah, a lot of guys stand on 190 on the guardrails <laughs> to yeah. 190 ramp. And if oh, that, gosh. <laughs> not a hazard or anything. And if you could, if that parking garage is open, you go up to the top of that parking garage and look so, right in. So. I think there's not allowing people in there. Is from what I heard. My roommate, I sent Russ a picture yesterday. My roommate in college, his good buddy, works for the Bisons. He is in charge of. He took a picture. He was standing before the game started. Guys were warm up. He's in charge of getting foul balls so the MLB can authenticate them. I don't know if they like sell them. You know what what they do. We we're trying to figure out what they do with them, but he has to gather the foul balls so the MLB can authenticate the ball. What? So that is his job right now is to get the foul balls. They don't do that games. normally, right? Because no, 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 because it goes into your pocket or my pocket. Right, right. Yeah. yeah so it must be. A, they must be selling them on the side yeah. or something to generate revenue. I mean, that's a way to <laughs> go buy a foul ball. They want a foul ball. Eight ninety nine. Yeah. They tell you who's bad. He, maybe he's got to remember who's bad it came off of. We draw little faces on when I get him back. I found this one. Is this count? If you're a player that's going for any sort of milestone, like your 300th or 400th home run or something, you well, got to be hope you're doing it this year because yeah, you're going to get the ball back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is really true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So going back to hockey, quick, who you got coming out of each conference? Um. So I filled out a bracket the other day for one of my buddies. Ooh. I could throw that out there. You, buddy. <laughs> I wish I was in that. I've got uh, my prediction is the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup over Philadelphia. I, I got Washington winning over Colorado. Okay, so we agree on Colorado. I like Colorado. I think the Islanders, and that and that obviously the Islanders already won today as we're recording the, this. So Washington's the, down one zero. So even before today, I would predict the Islanders are such. They're they're a very underrated, hardworking team. I don't believe Washington gets past the Islanders first round. I can I can see that. Yeah. I just like Ovechkin, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got I got Avalanche over Philly. Mark that down, stat boy. I've got no predictions in hockey. <laughs> I did throw in a uh I love Colorado fan duel lineup today for shits in hockey. Yeah. You're telling me. So if you're trying you're tearing, to find you're tearing shit up right now. They played no, today. No, he just passed me. Uh. <laughs> so Colorado played today. The next one of their games, if you can flip that on, check them out with uh, Nate McKinnon, in my opinion, is the second best player in the league. And then Kale McCarr, defenseman, who's only 19 maybe. Yeah. He is just unbelievable. They are they're so fast, high-paced team. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. That Vegas game last night was – Vegas is exciting to watch. In Chicago, man, they were just – Almost at times too fast. Yeah, they're that series is going to be good as well. You got yeah. the depth of Vegas versus the experience of Chicago, so yep. it'd be a good series to watch. I wanted to go to a game winner in Vegas last year, year and a half ago. Heard it. It's an expensive ticket. Isn't it? <laughs> Through the roof. They weren't in town. I heard it's an entertainment show though. Yeah, I heard it's like, like you're not paying just for the hockey game; it's you're paying like, for the entertainment. They said show it's like as Circus Soleil well. and <laughs> hockey. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they were not in town. But I did look up like, yeah, they I f- were. I feel bad that we're not asking for many stats. Taylor looks bored. No, I'm enjoying the conversation. All right. I I do want to say though, if you say it's like Cirque du Soleil, I went to that like six months ago. Not worth the ticket. So <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to go to Vegas to look at the Cirque du Soleil slash go. NHL, stay home. Come for the sports combo, and you get the Cirque du Soleil review. Tell my wife that because she was bummed we were in Vegas. We didn't go to one. Wait, I got. 
I got something you can look up for. So Russ may know the answer already. Probably. What is what is <laughs> in an NHL game? What is the most shots on goal in a game for a team or a combined for a combined? It was one one eighty one fifty last night, wasn't it? For uh, they were one any, one any game last night was one fifty one. Yeah, is that the record? It's got to be damn close to it. And so obviously, Corpus Allo got the saves record with eighty. Was that uh, a? But some three can, stars I'm, of the week <laughs> thrown in here. The most shots it gives only one team. Oh, uh, is seventy three. Well, by the Bruins, that got broke. So even that nineteen ninety. So even that got broke last night in that five overtime game because Tampa had eighty eight. Yeah. So I was I, just curious what the I go total to, shots. You guys know I go to most of the Elmira College local right. games here. There was one game I don't remember the exact number. It was upper nineties. Elmira had upper nineties shots on goal in a regulation game Jeez. one time. What? It, it ended. It was like thirteen to nothing or something. I forget what the. Because upper nineties, I think Tampa has the record for most shots in a period at like thirty four. Hold on, let's back up. Who were they playing? I don't remember. That, this was. A, I mean, nobody, a, nobody, nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the team. If you're if you're the goalie in that game, you just give up, <laughs> guys. Go out for the third on your own. If you're saying they shot around one fifty last night, they definitely beat the record because it was uh, seventy six. The Rockies. Maple Leafs, there was 104 shots. That's the NHLrecords.com. says that's the okay. most. And that was 53 Less, by one and 51 Yeah, 156 last night. That's or 51. One. 151. Do they yeah. only count the yeah. regular? That, I was going to say, that might be a regulation That might game. be a regulation. Yeah, 104 sounds low for I mean, if you've some got, playoff like games. You said it, if you've got a seventh Between period the stretch in the game, my God. Yeah, because so, the corporate – the record for saves in a game was like seventy-two, so I imagine another. If one goalie had seventy-two, I imagine the other team had more than twenty-eight yeah. shots. Yeah. So bonus trivia here: He just mentioned the Rockies. So the Colorado Rockies, originally an NHL team. Do you know who they are today? I'm going to guess they're not the Avalanche. That's correct. Because that'd be too easy of an answer. Is it Stat Boy's gonna look it up here? Actually, I was about to say the most saves in a single game is 92 by Ron Tugnut. (laughs) (laughs) That's I thought that got broke, or is that a playoff? It might be, maybe it was a playoff. Maybe that's a playoff record he broke last night. That could be. He definitely broke a record. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it Calgary? The Kings. No, Kings are original team. Uh New Jersey Devils. Oh, formerly. It's Colorado a big move. Rockies. I was trying to stay like somewhat yeah. out there. Colorado used to be we have a, we have a tie game with five minutes left in the second. Um, it's not good. I've got Kata hot as my goalie. Kata hot. It helps me though. As Ari would say, <laughs> helps me. Uh, helps my fan duel. <laughs> there you go. That's true. No more. Sh- no more shout out for him. <laughs> that kid's a stud too. He's only like twenty-one years old or something. Oh no, he still got points. Still like two points behind you. <clears throat> Probably not updated. I did. I don't well, get the shutout points till the game would be complete, so they wouldn't be factored in there. Gotcha. All right. I figured I'd give hockey fan a shot. I'm like, I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I did a mm, little bit of research. Wasn't a ton. <laughs> but. Did you get a wicked sign up bonus with like a couple hundred dollars I free? Did not. Or? <laughs> <laughs> That's an did not. Yeah, use our promo code three star recruits. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, I was. Uh, 
having a drink last night, and there's horse racing on TV. Wait, you had a drink? It's more than a drink. Oh, but yeah. Was it $8 <laughs> worth? <laughs> they had horse racing on the TV, and I'm like, man, why am I not betting on the horses right now? So I went to the TVG app and downloaded it. $200 sign-up bonus. All I had to do was put 50 bucks in. <laughs> Guess how much I have in the account now? <laughs> 20 <laughs> Goose egg. <laughs> I was going to say you won't be able to bet on horses Attaboy. right now. Attaboy. Someone cut me off, please. So I I debated about throwing this in my three stars somehow, and then some more chaos happened. So the, so the Blue Jackets, who lost that game last night, but they beat Toronto in five games in order to get into this actual playoff. So they beat Toronto in the qualifying series in game five. Dude, they played like eight series already. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, the Blue Jackets lost arguably the three biggest free agents in hockey last year. Sergei Bobrovsky, their starting goalie, went to Florida, is now the second highest paid goalie in the league behind uh, Carey Price. Artemi Panarin went to the Rangers. As I mentioned already, he's an MVP candidate this season. And Matt Duchesne went to Nashville. He's been a little bit of a disappointment. But Columbus last year swept Tampa, and then they lost either the next series or the conference finals. I don't remember which, but point being, they lost the three biggest free agents in hockey last year and are still in the playoffs, one against Toronto, and they're still playing. And I think they had more points this year, obviously with like eight less games than they had last year. Yeah. People basically wrote them off that they would have a horrible season after because they got rid of all those people. Yeah, but John Tortorella, who's up for coach of the year, Tortorella don't fuck around. He is he is a no nonsense coach, and he hasn't played great hockey again. So that's sort of what I was going to say is just because they're great players doesn't mean they're not cancer in the locker room. Yeah, the vibe changes a little bit. Carmelo Anthony, what's that? And so. and Dubois been tearing it up, and he yeah, was what number three overall pick yeah, a few years ago. Same so year that Matthews went one. So that's they've yep. still got a good team, but yeah. yeah, they're one of those like not not like the fanciest team to watch. They're just workhorses out and there. I feel like they don't, and being in Columbus, there's like I don't know if there's anybody any other NHL fans are like I hate Columbus. Like, yeah, maybe Detroit. I don't know. Like, there's no one there that's like. Can't stand those guys. <laughs> I've been to Columbus quite a few times. You didn't even know they had a hockey team. No, I didn't. <laughs> we literally stay like every every time we're there, stay like two or three blocks away from the arena, uh, because it's it's a block and a half from the convention center where we usually go. I would have to guess that that place they're always out of town that weekend we're there. Mm. But I think because the it's Arnold probably no accident. Yeah, it's on, I think it's on by design. My guess is. I've seen growth in the, just the city over the last few years of going there. I bet you that town's really fun to live in during hockey season. Well, yeah, yeah. and you go right from yeah. Ohio State football into hockey season. It's yeah, it's a good time right there. Yeah, you know, Ohio yeah. State's kind of on the outskirts of Columbus, but right. But and the other thing that's we're going to go on like a Columbus rant, I guess. But uh, the other thing that's like greatly supported in Columbus, like. They were going to move them, and they protested. Is the soccer club right? Like that is like they—they're not out of town while we're there, mm-hmm. and that place is just—it was always like packed when you drove by. I know the Rockies moved to New Jersey way back in the day, but I couldn't name the Columbus soccer team. So, Columbus FC. 
football yeah. team. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really have. I don't know if they have fancy names, but oh, okay. Anyway. But yeah, downtown Columbus, where this, that, I mean, that is literally that. I've I don't know if you can get any more Center City than where that the arena is. A couple of friends that have, they go, they've been to, they try to go to a hockey game, a road hockey game, every year, and they've been to Columbus like three times last like ten years. They love it so much. And there's great yeah. places to stay that are really close within walking distance. And, I mean, yeah, good time down in Columbus, out in Columbus. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to road tripping to Columbus to do that, like go to a hockey game and just yeah. spend cool. the weekend. Shoot that cannon off when they score. Yeah, little safer than going to Little Caesars in Detroit. I would nope. <laughs> <laughs> Philly scored. Joel Farabee yeah. had some more uh, fan so how many, for me. How many? Oh, Farabee. Joel Don't Frisbee. call it comeback. Yeah, periods left. Joel Frisbee. So, Taylor lived in, like, Detroit area. Yep. Um, he went to rap battles with Eminem. Downtown Flint. <laughs> but, yeah. Downtown. Been there, done that. <laughs> Would not recommend. Five out of ten. Yeah. Five, give it a, five? Give it a three. I would say five. How many games did you go to? Hockey games? Yeah. Three or four. I mean, it's. I was. Dirt saying, cheap. I, th- I thought he was going to surprise you. And I be did like, go to the uh, Joe. I went at to the, the Joe. Joe. I was going to say the old arena or the new one. I, both. Okay. The Joe was. This is sacrilegious to say, but a dump. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, Terrible. That's, why, that's it's why kind of Caesars. It's kind of like old Yankee Stadium, right? It has yeah. so much history, but yet at some point, have you been to Fenway? No. Went to Fenway. We weren't up front, but we were in the lower deck. There are the seats that we were in. We're only maybe fifteen rows back. And you can't see anything once they hit the ball because the overhang from the upper deck, the old architecture, you can't see anything. So they have TVs. You're basically paying to sit and watch TV. Next Imagine to if you're sitting behind one of those posts. <laughs> they have the posts. Yeah, there are seats with a yeah. two foot wide metal post in front of you. So you got to lean they, to one side. Of the you know what? Game. They sell out. <laughs> they still they still get fans. Yeah. I wouldn't go again. <laughs> it's like going to check that there. off I, the bucket list. I've been done. to Fenway a ton of times, but so you know what I'm talking about the, then. Yeah, well, I was little. That's where the di- juvenile diabetes center. Like, I've never been to old Yankee Stadium, but I've been to the new stadium, and they did like the opposite of that. The old stadiums where they had, you know, if you were in, in the concourse, you had to walk through the tunnels to get to your seats. And the new Yankee Stadium, they just removed all that. It's yeah. just wide but, open. Yeah, that's how all the new stadiums are yeah, now. A lot of them Everything's are. just wide open. You can just well now they they can sell standing room only tickets too. They do. So yeah, they well, do. that's because they're cheaper than buying the. $3,000 seats down. <laughs> That'll probably be discontinued. But those are <laughs> six feet, everybody. Those are pretty cool, though, because it's literally uh, it's in a concourse. Yeah. And there's nothing separating it. It's at the top of the section. They're usually just like bars. So it's like you are yeah. any of us just That's, standing at the bar having a beer, and like you, you could turn around and walk 10 feet, and there's food vendors. right. It's Yeah. yeah. It's I've done that big. in Pittsburgh. That's how a lot of the modern yeah. ballparks are. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got that. Philly, the uh, road. The rotunda in left, left field, field, you can walk, you can room. stand up there. Um, went to Cincinnati a couple years ago. That's how their stadium is. Yeah, their new one. So I've, like I've never been, but everybody says Seattle's amazing. Seattle's got the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, all the new stadiums got that open <clears throat> concourse. And a lot, it, it right, it helps people because as you're waiting in line for concessions, you can still yeah. watch the game if you need to. Yeah. And you can hear the sounds. You're not in a concrete barrier. Yeah, Cleveland was like was close to that. There was areas you could stand in that right. were pretty wide open, but which, by the way, pro tip: if you ever go to Cleveland for a game, just buy tickets for left field. There's only thirty rows, I believe, out there, and you can get a ticket for like forty bucks. 
for the game. Well, if you want another pro tip, you can watch the Tigers for about $10. <laughs> In Detroit. Yeah. Russ and I've sat in, like, covered area in, in Pittsburgh right along the right field fence for, like, 18 bucks. So <laughs> I've got some sweet deals on tickets. I was down to visit Allie one time in Philly. We are like, let's go to a baseball game. Bryce Harper was in I, town. I will never go back to that place. Really? It, it, it probably did not help. Russ was with me one time. I've been there twice. Wait, I think being, you've heard this story, but tell the tell the people at home. Being a Braves fan. Yep. So my dad and I went, I don't know. I don't know. Russ and I, we went, I don't know, what, 10 years ago? Probably you and I went. It's been a long something time. like that. So this was probably a couple years before that. My dad and I went. We were down right field line, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I walked, getting booed at the entire time. We're like 10 rows to walk up to go to the conference. How old were you? I was probably like 15, oh, 16. Yeah. You're old enough then. If you were like and walking, so, if you're old enough. I think at this Philly. time, I think I had a McCann jersey, getting booed the whole time. I'm going to the bathroom. The guy stands back. He goes, "Do you want me to piss on you?" I said, "Nope, I'll be leaving." Walked out. I walked out of the bathroom. Didn't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was brutal. So yeah, that, that's just Philly fans. So, so that was one night. The next night, my dad and I sat front row in right field. I was a big Jeff Francoeur fan, so we sat front row. Got harassing. Frank Queer, the constant, <laughs> the whole time. It was miserable. And then Frank Coeur comes out. He, I took my jersey off and turned it around. I was probably senior in high school. And so he saw it and he pointed at me. So the next thing he comes out, he got to second base. He stops and throws a fucking rifle. Hits me right in the glove. The whole, like, the whole section just like sits down. They're like, oh. <laughs> just shut him up. But Russ and I went a few years after this. We sat five rows behind the Braves dugout, I think, for one of the games. And I'm, I'm very quiet, like, when I go to a game. Like, especially a visiting. I'm not going to, like, stand up right. and be, like, a bad – try to be a badass. Obviously, I'm not a big guy. So, I got Russell with me, and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything still. I'm be froggy now. <laughs> but this guy next to us, Braves fan, next, does not fucking shut up the entire fucking game. I thought we were going to get the shit kicked out of so, us. And I'm like... The first game we went to, we sat in right field. And I'm a Pirates fan. I wore some Pirates gear. And nobody gave me any shit because it was a Phillies-Braves game. Whatever. The next game, he's talking... But you were also in PA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The next, the next day, like he said, we sat behind the dugout. For some <laughs> reason... I ended up wearing one of his other Braves jerseys. <laughs> I went to full idiot mode here and wore Braves gear to this Phillies game. Now, obviously, I'm a lot bigger than him. I, I just wore one of his jerseys, like, unbuttoned, and, you know, I looked like a Braves fan, which was stupid. But, yeah, he, we got down, and he and I were quiet. We're not trying to stir anything up. We're not trying to get our asses kicked in Philly, right? Yeah, and we get down to the dugout, and this kid that he's talking about was there with, like, his girlfriend or something. Yeah. And it's like he was being quiet too, but now that there were four of us, this kid grew these huge balls and decided to be the obnoxious Atlanta fan. And we're like, we don't know this guy. Like, just kick his ass, please. <laughs> it, it wasn't good. Yeah, that's just Philly fans, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's. But we. You know, go ahead. The stupid, stupid little fact that I remember though. Uh, so I it was, took like five hours to get to the game. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. His, we stayed with his uncle who lived like 20 miles away, and it took two and a half hours each time. I'm like, why do people live like this? And that oh, wasn't yeah. game traffic. That was just Philly traffic. Yep. But what I remember, we were coming out. Maybe you were driving, actually. Yeah, you were driving. I was in the passenger seat. 
we were trying to get out of the stadium and we could not merge over to the lane we needed to go to. And I looked out and there was this Braves fan right next to us. So I held up the jersey. I was like, yeah, go Braves. And he's like, come on over. He let us merge into the lane. Like, wow, the Braves jersey just saved us here. Mine's yeah. not as exciting as yours, but I did stumble into a pretty sweet ticket once. I was uh, driving Uber in Detroit. Safety first, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was actually coming back home to New York, so I was setting a destination just to drive from where I lived through Detroit and then head home. Make a couple bucks on the way, cover gas. Mm-hmm. And I pull up to this giant mansion. I mean, five to 7,000 square foot brick house, right? And these two really nice looking girls walk out and one dude walks out, not thinking anything of it. And then it says Comerica Park. So I'm like, oh, nice. I'm going to make 30 bucks on this trip. Awesome ride. And they get in, we start chatting. And I'm like, so you guys are going to watch the Tigers game, right? And they're like, yeah, we actually have an extra ticket. I'm I'm not going to just jump on it. I don't even know these people, but it's a half an hour ride to get there. So start chirping at them a little bit. Next thing you know, they're like, why don't you, why don't you just stay and come just log out? I didn't tell them I was going home. They thought I was going to keep Ubering it up, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, sure. Why not? Yeah. I'll take the free ticket. A wise man in Cape Cod once told me if someone offers you something, never say no. So here we are. (laughs) So I'm thinking. What did that wise man (laughs) offer you? We didn't offer for him to come tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So they hand me the ticket when we pull in, and I see that it says row four. But I'm like, I don't know the section numbers. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, maybe it's a nosebleed, but we're in the front of it. So I'm following them because they they say that their parents own a row. Even like, okay, this is going to be Even after you pull up to a mansion, you still think it's in the nosebleeds? I mean, they're giving you a free ticket. You can't (laughs) assume that it's going to be great. So I'm following them through Comerica Park. And then we get behind home plate, and I'm like, Oh, shit, maybe this is going to be good. Next thing you know, we're walking down the stairs and further down the stairs. Yeah, we're four rows behind home plate, and I'm like, this is out of my pay grade. So next thing you know, I'm like. But then he just told us he could get tickets for 10 bucks. Well, that's 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 no serious nosebleeds. Uh, I'm like, can I buy you guys beers? And they go, we don't buy beers. Next thing you know, there's someone with a tray that walks down. Tray full of beers. We don't Jesus. buy beers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a Tigers game, so there's not really a big climax to this story. There's, they probably got their asses watch, kicked, Watching one of the best hitters in baseball ever. Somewhere, some guy and two girls were drunk at a bar saying, remember that time we took our Uber driver to the game? <laughs> when was this? Uh, 2016-ish, 2017-ish. So that had to have been close to Cabrera's Triple Crown here. Yeah. It was probably after Verlaine. Hey, hey stat, stat boy. Yes. See when yeah, Miguel What year was Cabrera's Triple Crown? Triple Crown? I bet that was 14 or 15. Yeah, I was say, it's got to be really close to that. That's why he's looking this up. I was down in, down in Philly watching or visiting Alley, and I'm like, let's go to a game tonight. Like, we're uh, just going to – We got derailed because he yeah. said he was going to We're just going to sit here, so let's just go to the game. It wasn't that far from her where she lived. So yeah, we right. uh, got 2012. an update. 2012. 2012. Holy shit. It's way back. We're, we're getting, fucking old. We're getting old. Yeah. So we uh, – I hop online. I think I use SeatGeek. And I found tickets, and usually you end up paying not bad price, but they hit you with fees. Yeah. I had a uh, code to use, so I used the discount code. I, same thing. I don't know what's good, what's not there. I was like, oh, these look pretty good. They're in the lower section on the right field, right field line. I got them for, I think, two tickets and a parking pass for 120 bucks total. Play in Washington with Harper in town, which is kind of like big rival Harper. 
think I just stole these tickets for 120 bucks. Yeah. See, I haven't been to a baseball game in a long time. I haven't either. But when you look at price of baseball seats, they're really, really cheap compared to what I'm used to playing for, paying for hockey yeah. games. Because I've paid as much as like 140 bucks for my seat in the Sabres arena. Yeah. Now, that was first row on the glass behind the net. <laughs> but That's still not bad. If I go to a Sabres game sitting in the lower bowl. That was a great story, too. I tried. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Anyways, <clears throat> there's a breakup involved. But if I go, we'll get, we're not telling out. What was his name? <laughs> yeah. Um, if I go to the Sabres games, I try to sit in the lower bowl. In the end, they shoot twice. And I assume I'm going to pay 90 to $110 for a t- yeah. for, per ticket. I still don't think that's bad, though. No, I, I have no problem doing it, especially right. since we only go to maybe like two games exactly. a year. That's, that's always been but, my philosophy. We don't go to enough games to right. save money when we go to games. But, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at, relative to you paying 120 for two seats and a parking pass, like, yeah, to me that's, Across like, the street from to me that's like a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, this comes with a parking pass. Print that off, too. Ooh, pro tip. I don't know how uh, – most cities, it he's, seems – He's got a lot of pro I, tips I, tonight. Apparently, I'm a pro. Uh, <laughs> most cities, it seems that the stadiums are set up near the casinos in the city. I know Detroit's that way. <laughs> I believe Cleveland has a casino next to Progressive Field. Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's close, too. He would know this. Casinos Buffalo actually is, too. almost yeah. <laughs> yeah. always have free parking. Almost always. Okay. You could get away with that you in Cleveland. You park in the casino and you just walk or you take – Yeah. A bird scooter, if you haven't ridden one of those. A bird scooter. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Pro tip. Oh, Pro man. tip right there. <laughs> my kids Free drinking like that. on the my kids, scooter, my kids so. like scooters, so I'm guessing. <laughs> like it. Huh. We have got no. really random in this. Yeah. We did. I like it. It was good. It was good. Do you wait, guys want to do... Uh, wait, speaking of baseball, I, I, I told you, I texted you guys I earlier. That's a no. Yeah. I texted you guys earlier. I want to ask you guys about the Korea baseball playoff format. Oh, boy. I did. So, I did zero research. No, I didn't. You didn't need to. All right, I got it for you. So there's only ten teams in the Korea baseball league, so it's obviously a little different. <laughs> ten goddamn teams. <laughs> That's all they got in the old KBO. Uh, okay. Five so divisions. Does everyone <laughs> five make the playoffs? Or <laughs> no. So this is five teams. Top five teams make the playoffs. The number one seed, because basically they say, "Hey, you were the best team in the regular season. You get automatic bid into the Korea baseball World Series." Okay. So then the fourth place team. Wait, time out. They go straight to the World Series? Straight to the series for being the number one seed. So they're basically given an advantage. So I know we're getting ahead here. How many out of the ten make playoffs? Five. Five teams. Okay. Um, So then the fourth seed hosts the fifth seed. The fourth seed starts with a 1-0 series lead. So the fifth seed has to beat them twice. Fourth seed only has to win once. Uh, Hold on. (laughs) Start over and slow down. And... Let's draw a diagram here. In the KBO, Korean Baseball Organization League, um, 10 teams, five teams make playoffs. The number one seed goes right to the finals. I should have been more specific. Yeah. Not start from the beginning. Oh. It sounds like communism (laughs) at its finest. So go on. So start with the fourth seed. So the fourth seed and fifth seed play, but the fourth seed starts with a 1-0 series lead. 1-0. Yep. First team to win two games. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. What the? <laughs> That's the best of two, and we're giving you a one-game head start. Right, for being the higher seed. Or best the three. So then the winner of that then plays the third seed, best of five. The winner of that plays the second seed, best of five. Then the winner of that plays a best of seven against 
the number one seed. So when they the move on, the does the higher seed get a one-game lead? No. It's just it's the four. It's only in the four, five, five. It's just interesting to look. I, I happened to flip it on. I think it was right before golf Thursday or Friday last week. And so Korea Baseball you League was on. flipped this on? That was it's on, on it's, somewhere? It's been on ESPN for the last, like, of course four months. Is. I was going to say, how much are you paying for TV when you're getting that? <laughs> well, it's been on ESPN. They actually broadcast it from the U.S. from their homes. And they just have the video on, so they're just broadcasting. Okay. So you're like, but, like so I Charlie flip it Harper on. here on two and a half minutes. Yeah, so I'm just like. Every package you can bet on anything. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'll just watch it. I watch it for like 20 minutes. But it, this popped up on the screen, and I was like, well, that's interesting. So what if they did that in like each league, like National League, American League? I've said um, far less teams. But so their, remember the guy's name. Their, their point was to give the advantage to the number one seed because they – did so much during the regular season to earn that. I I think going to the finals is a little so a mean, bit aggressive. Your reward <laughs> is you made the playoffs. Even the wise old man of Florida would not take this. Cape Cod. Cape Cod. That's him for Oh, no, Cape Cod. All right, never mind. I was picturing like Key West or something. So my only thing, not my only thing, but this is, holy shit. So your first overall seed you could be waiting like three weeks before you play a that, game again. That was exactly my thought. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Right. You could wait forever to fucking play again. To me, to me, it would be perfect to be like the third seed. You right. get a couple days off while four and five <laughs> screw around with their two-game, you get a one-game lead <laughs> series, and then you start playing. Yeah, that was my thought. Like, if you're in the finals, like, you're literally just practicing for three weeks I, until you get to play. So the four or five winner plays three in a best of five. Yeah. So yeah, if you're the win, if you're the one seed, you're probably going to wait at least three weeks. Yeah. Assuming they play like a yeah, major I league assume type the best schedule. of fives are probably a week each. <laughs> My God. So like, that's this is nuts. without a doubt the dumbest playoff format I've ever heard. Hence yeah. why Korean baseball has not grown because they only have ten teams and nobody watches it. There was a few guys playing that night that were or that night that night over there that morning here. That have played in MLB. There was so much other <laughs> shit you could have been watching. You could have watched replays of Cornhole. Dude, 7.30 in the morning? Yes. There's there not much probably on. some cricket on or something. You could have spent the whole day watching that. I <laughs> cricket. I, 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 I think I'd rather. I don't know. 7.30 a.m. has got to be reruns of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that yeah, would have been more impressive rather, than this. I'd rather stick my wiener in a meat grinder. but <laughs> That's a little aggressive. No. Nah, <laughs> it's about as dumb as that playoff format. Um. Yeah. No. I, I agree. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, no. I, I saw that and I was like, I I took a picture of it. And I was like, I gotta I gotta ask these guys about it. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> you bringing it up because no, I'm glad you did. So I can tell do I like baseball? How dumb no. it is. See, now you might want to watch it though. This uh, is as, nope. no. you want to watch it less. <laughs> this is as bad as the Korean basketball with like you score oh. a basket in the last eight seconds oh, and it's yes. like a nineteen pointer or something. <laughs> did you ever hear this? The North Korea Basketball League? No, but go ahead. I've now, got a story now we know he's that. not a big. Now he's not a fan of the podcast. He didn't know. He was. He wasn't back here. He was not aware. We were <laughs> they doing only the had one rule that I liked. But <laughs> oh, the free throws. Yeah, if you missed a three throw, it was a negative point, which I actually liked. I've go back. It's one of our first episodes. It's not on uh, iTunes or Spotify. Is it the one where Adam's wearing a tie? No, no that no, was on Zoom. <laughs> no, this is before that. This is one of our first episodes. We <laughs> talked about the North Korea Basketball League. Do you want me to wear a tie next week? It you was, look like you're going to a job interview. He was. You're, he was. All, you're, <laughs> all, you're always interviewing for jobs. 
He wasn't. He wasn't actually sold on staying with us for so <laughs> Ross and I had interviewed It's one of the first episodes on. It's on uh, YouTube. Yeah, it's either episode one or two. It's literally. It literally is one of the first episodes. I'll do my homework. It was back with the old school like red backdrop. Yeah, <laughs> based in the we didn't know what we were doing, so we we're probably very awkwardly commenting yeah. on it. We've, we've come a long way. Another quick anecdote from Stat Boy. Uh, is this a pro tip? It's not a pro tip. Right. It's a really sad story about you said it's a, like a 19 pointer in the end. Uh, the <laughs> I, I was exaggerating, but it really is I, I like an you, eight pointer. I know it you is. were, but it, it sparked a little yep. a little memory for me. All right. I was watching the sectional finals game back in high school for the like girls basketball team, and they only had like two minutes left in the game, right? And they're up by 18 points. The coach's <laughs> advice was, don't worry, girls. There's no 18-point shot in basketball. <laughs> Guess what? They lost. They lost. Yes, they did. I like it. <laughs> you literally could have dribbled out the shot clock. <laughs> Is that your same notebook you've used the whole time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You probably. Look it up. You, I have some. You had those numbers, yeah. I have them somewhere. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but we will at some point with Taylor. It's in I, th- there I think somewhere. I have it in here, but. All right. You guys ready to do three stars of the week? We probably should. Yeah. All right. We've been on here a while. We'll get in the old college football next week. I will go first. This is not the talk about college football. We we can talk about that next time. I want to see how some more of this pans out. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get interesting next yeah. week. Uh, my third star of the week is Derek Lewis. You <laughs> see? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Make a noise here, uh, Lewis. He's my third star for one. He won. <laughs> What's it have anything to do with <laughs> nothing? Okay, zero. <laughs> Could you take the Arnold Palmer's away from him? <laughs> He's already got them all gone. Drink another one so he can't. Can you, Taylor? Oh, the box is empty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good thing I didn't reach over there. I thought I was going to get one. Uh, UFC record for knockouts at heavyweight. Yep, that was his eleventh knockout. Uh, he knocked out Alexi Olenek in the second round. Uh, props to Derek Lewis because we've all watched him fight. He got. I mean, he caught, fought Cormier. He looked gassed. Uh, I can't remember who it was he fought that he knocked out like last second before he fought Cormier. Remember that? Yeah, it was the big uh, Russian dude. Um, oh, yeah, because at the end, the interview, my balls are hot. Him, Donald Trump you. told me to knock out that <laughs> Russian motherfucker. Yeah. Um, he has lost some weight. He looks better. Like He just looks better. Yeah. just He moves better. And his he knocked out people before. His authority and speed when he like explodes is better than it was before. So heavyweight, heavyweight in the UFC has a max limit of 265 pounds, and he's one of the guys that has to cut weight to get under the 265. And uh, the interesting thing, uh, you may be bringing this up, his post-fight interview, which are always gold. I, yeah, so this, all the interviews now are, they, they can't do them in the ring in Vegas. It's stupid. They did them in Florida in the ring. So they go, they leave the ring, and they go back to a curtain. There's, they give him a headset. He did not know he was on the air, and he was trying to get someone's attention. He was like, "Hey, hey, I got, I got to take a shit now." <laughs> and they're like, "They're already live, yeah. for the interview." They're like, "Derek, you're on." Oh, what's up, man? Dude, <laughs> but he was trying to get someone. He's like, "I got to take a shit." I saw that headline. Like, I was like, "I don't know if that's now. true or not." Like, no, he did. So because yeah. of all the comments he's made, Paul previously. Felder's like, "You're li- you're you're live, Derek." The funny thing is, is that's not why I was bringing the interview up, but. The funny thing is that's not the first time he said that he needed to take a shit in a post-fight interview. Adam's got kids. He did Everybody it. Everybody poops. You have that book probably, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 
he did it in the ring a few years ago. Yeah. Somebody asked him what was wrong. He was dancing around. He's, he goes, oh, I got to take a boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Interviews are pure gold with this guy. But he said in that interview, so in this fight, he had to, again, he was closer to weight, but he still had to cut to get to 265. Yeah, he, he said he's not taking his next fight. He's hoping to do it in December. He's not taking his next fight until he gets himself down into like the 240, 245 range. He looks good. I mean, for two sixty five. So, I mean, yeah. And when he exploded, like he looked like he was going to kill his him. asshole. Exploded when, or no? I was acting. <laughs> I wasn't present for that. Yeah, yeah. When he when he lands a punch and he has the open, if he stuns you and he's got open punches on you, it's the fight's over. He threw a flying knee. Yeah, he did. Which hit Olenek in the chest. It didn't really stun him. It just kind of stopped him in his tracks and threw him off balance enough. And then he threw that right hand, and yeah, that was the fight. I mean, and props to him for not getting submitted in the first round because he was getting his head squeezed like a grape for like yeah. two and a half minutes. He, he said that, and what do you say in the the post in the post fight interview? He goes, yeah, that guy had me in like a. I don't even. I don't even know what he said. I have like to go a, back and watch. Like a Puerto Rican necktie <laughs> choke or something. <laughs> Which I don't know. That may actually be the term for him. Uh, he got me a whatever that was that Puerto Rican bulldog <laughs> necktie. And I, I got out of it or something. Would you go home tonight? Look up Derek Lewis interviews. Yeah, I will look a couple up. We're done here, actually. <coughs> for uh, third star. Oh yeah, league. that was a star, wasn't it? I yep. like that star. Uh, my third star. Adam said he he. Would you say you altered your stars? He you think you had the same yeah. ones as us. Yeah. Which there's one I couldn't avoid. I think. But. All right. Anyways, my third star is Mike Trout. So Mike Trout, his wife gave birth to their baby like 10 days ago. He's played in nine games since then. He's gone 13 for 37, so that's a 351 average, seven home runs, 12 RBI, and 10 runs scored in a nine-game stretch. So nice. That's a, that's a hell of a month for most players, let alone a week. It's so, probably on a lot of coffee right now. Yeah. Which, real quick, baseball, the rumor is for the playoffs they're going to go into bubbles. Yes, I didn't hear that. That's probably a good idea. And the NFL teams have offered to do bubbles, Dallas and the Saints. I, I, I saw a bunch of Dallas guys are checking into a hotel right next to the practice facility. Yep, they're doing a bubble. The it's NHL, optional. so we're going on a tangent here, but the NHL has the two bubbles we've talked about, Edmonton and Toronto. As of Sunday, they had done it was a little over 18,000 COVID tests for zero. these two bubbles with zero positive cases. Sweet. And I saw the NFL average for just testing positive was .04. Right. So if they have these bubbles and peop- the players actually follow the guidelines, it is working, and we get to see the sports. Right. And one more quick baseball. The rumor is Cincinnati submitted a plan to have fans in the stadium, and it has been approved by Cincinnati. I don't know what the next step is. Huh. Carry on. Your, your third star, sir. So I have two here. I'm going to go Ben on, hole in one on Sunday. Um, more about the reaction. He hit it. The pin was tucked over a bunker. Had no clue it went in. This whole I still there was one guy behind the green goes ah, and then he starts volunteer. He starts, yeah, volunteer starts celebrating. Working real hard. So. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just volunteering, watching the. I oh. was Adam's recreation of that reaction. Can you make that the intro clip to the YouTube video? <laughs> yes. All right, thank you. I can. <laughs> I sure can. Uh, my second star of the week is Big Dick Book Devin Booker. Uh, That's a good one. And the Phoenix Suns in general, but Devin Booker's fire under their ass right now. Yeah, undefeated in the bubble. Since coming back, he's averaging thirty-one point six assists, shooting sixty-three percent, 
prior to the shutdown, he was averaging 26, 6, and shooting 61%. So Devin Booker just letting it fly from anywhere. I don't know if you saw that clip from, like, pretty much half court. He's like, you yeah. know, I'll just shoot from here. I did see that. Yeah. So Devin Booker, my yep, second star. I like it. My second star, I did not realize this till yesterday. So the Colorado Rockies are 17 games into the season. Charlie Blackman is hitting 500. <laughs> Holy crap. We talked before the MLB season started about yep. there was a prop bet of could somebody hit 400, and we said there's potential in a 60-game season. So Charlie Blackman, almost a third into the season, he's hitting 500. So if he That's pretty hits at a reasonable pace, he actually might hit 400. Is it right at They're, 500? Or is it yeah. literally 500, okay. 34 of 68. So. Yeah, be, and everybody's yeah. talking like, oh, they're going to hit it like Ted Williams. Ted Williams did over 162, like I understand yeah, that. But still to do it, there, there in my opinion, is there would be a huge asterisk on right. that if he hit 400, but it's still impressive. Right. So, Charlie Blackman, my second star. I'm going to mix mine up a little bit here. I'm going to go Damian Lillard, number two. He's kind of put Portland on, their, on his back the past few games. Um, I think he's got back-to-back 60-point games, 50-point games. Hit 61 last night. Yeah. He's it's your a, star. You a, tell us. Yeah, I was going to say, it's your star. And you're, ask, you're asking us questions. Or. Um, so he's kind of put Portland on his back. I think they're in the eight seed right now. There's a lot of teams buying for that play-in game in the West, but um, might be a guy you don't want to see in the playoffs. Probably not. So, And if Phoenix makes it, I wouldn't want to play Phoenix right now either. I just can't get into the NBA. This it's tough. This restart. Maybe when the reason. I just happen to look at the standings today. Maybe when the actual playoffs start. Maybe which I think is Monday. Yeah, it's coming up. Monday, I believe. Yep. Playing game is Saturday for the West. My first star of the week is Danielle Kang, who's won back to back weeks on the LPGA tour, and made a unbelievable comeback Sunday. She was five down with six to play, and it was partially a comeback. Partially a choke job from Lydia Ko. Let's just say you need a little bit of a choke to make that happen. Yeah, I mean Danielle made a couple birdies. Did Did you watch any of that? Yes, I watched the rear. I watched the watched the rear, and I was like, I'm like watching. I I saw she had won, and I'm like watching on 18, and I'm like, I'm sitting where they're seeing where they're standing, and I'm like, I'm like maybe she won in the playoff. I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? It was. It's. <clears throat> I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not, I don't mean this against any woman who plays golf or anybody on tour because I caddied on that tour. There is a, and it's, there's a little bit of, and we joke that women over plan and that's their personality. You can see it out she, there when they're playing. She did because Lydia Ko over, I mean, the whole, the, like caddy, the drop she took. Yeah. And that, and then even that third shot, her caddy was trying to tell her to hit like a high flop. Just she's overdoing like, it. She's like, no, she tried to blade it into a hill and she missed the hill and it went over into a bunker. It was, it was a mess. That's straight up Adam style. I tried to hit into that hill and I missed. <laughs> <laughs> no comment from the former partner over there? No, I, I won't touch that one. Uh, well, she got relief from like a cart pass. Right. And she dropped it twice. And the official standing there with his, with her radio in her hand, like pointing where to drop, and she drops it again. I'm like, do you seriously not know the drop rules? Like you've dropped it twice. It's rolled closer. Yeah. The official standing there with her radio, like pointing, <laughs> like this is where you set it, and she just drops it again. I'm like, this is so painful. Yeah. And then once we spent ten minutes doing the drop, she, yeah, she walks up to the green, comes back. Her and her caddy have a discussion. Like he walks up to the green, <laughs> he walked. comes back. I'm like, this is so bad. Like. 
So you could hear a caddy like telling her what just to do. And over she, like, thinking it. it. And this is where go back to your like being a caddy. If I'm her caddy, I'm like, stop asking me damn questions. Like yeah, you've hit this shot a hundred times. Hit it. Right. And she's a former hit a golf one shot. In, former number one in the world. Hit a golf shot. And then once she bladed it over the green, <clears throat> she was between the bunkers, right? Right. Okay. Helen Keller could have got that ball <laughs> up and down. And just up. She I just don't, had to get it up. I don't know what Let she would. Yeah, she could have got on the green two putted for a playoff. Right. So she's like super overanalyzing. Like, what do I do here? Do I hit the flop shot? No. What does she do? She tries to like do a bump and run straight up the hill. I mean, it was just it was just a hill. All she had to do was like get it on the green, hit your lob wedge up there. She tries to bump and run like a seven iron, and it rolled like eight feet, stopped, rolled back into the bunker. So now she had to get up and out of the bunker, which she didn't do, and choked. That's where the caddy needs to come in and say, why are we having this conversation? It was a mess of an 18th hole. Danielle so ended up parring it, it, but... It hit a stock lob wedge into the middle of the green. Like, stop overanalyzing So, Danielle was down one so stroke, made, headed to 18. Right, she that's made seven. I, that's what I was going to ask. You You said Kang made up five strokes and six holes. How many were on that hole? She made that one. Search? She made two up. She parred, and Lydia doubled. Dude, it was painful. Okay. But that to win it. So, she painful. was down. So, she made up six strokes in, in those holes. Horrible job by the caddy to, like... Reel her in, be like, stop, just stop. You've hit, you just, you've hit this chip shot a hundred times. Just hit a chip shot. You don't need to try to be fancy. You don't need to hear a yeah. bump and run that you don't need to hit. But first start of the week, so Danielle Kang. Obviously, Kang won back to back. I saw somebody, a caddy on the LPGA tour, mentioned that that Maria Fossey, that won the uh, or came runner up in that first women's uh, amateur. amateur event at yes. Augusta. Somebody said the way she's tra- – the trajectory she's on, she's going to win, like, everything in the LPGA. Is she that, like, heavier set girl? I'm not trying no, to be mean. No, like, no, 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 she's – No, that's – Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, she's rock solid, yeah, too. Yeah, Harley Moore. More. It's yeah, something more. Yeah. Yes. Good work, Haley that guy. Moore, yeah. Haley. But, no, it's not her. This guy's on top of it. Maria Fossey's the – she's, like, a fiery Spaniard. Yeah. She's the one that she, lost. She's the yeah. one that came runner-up in the Augusta one. I think she plays awake, maybe. Okay. I think maybe awake. I don't know. Plays or played, she's on Play, played. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. When when she's she out on amateur, t- she was at Wake, I think. Yeah. She's. I guess I want to bring that up. She's going to be interesting to follow because she, uh, somebody, a caddy out there or multiple caddies have said the way she's playing, like over the next five years, she might win like every tournament. So be interesting to see how much she could dominate. So yeah, my first stars have already been mentioned. Um, after watching that five overtime game, I have to give both the goalies. The first star. Um, in the NHL nowadays, you basically never see a game get into overtime. This wasn't the case, but you never see a full game go without a goal. So, you know, that'd be three periods. So this game got into the fifth overtime. So they basically played four and a half periods of overtime with no goals at all. You can't do that without solid goaltending, especially when players are getting tired. But One of the goalies made two saves without a skate plate. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. So, I was trying to find the stat this morning, but I couldn't find like how many saves per period they were having. Yeah, I, don't I was trying to find my shots were in overtime. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't look up per period, but Corpusalo, we mentioned they said set the record. Must be just for playoffs. Had eighty five saves, eighty eight shots. That's nine sixty six save percentage. Vasilevsky was sixty one of sixty three for nine sixty eight. So they combined one hundred and forty six saves and a nine. Point nine six seven save percentage, which is an enormous number That's relative to a typical save percentage. So, both the goalies in that game, my first star. 
My first start, he had one bobble all week. Kyle Morikawa trying to lift the trophy. No one, no one told him that it was a two-piece trophy. Funny <laughs> thing is, <laughs> I was thinking that earlier in the day, they kept showing the highlights of the players drinking out of it and had the top. And I, I wondered how many players don't know that's a two-piece trophy, and then yeah. he did that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just the composure of him, obviously chip on chip in on fourteen. After team. hitting his worst iron shot of the week. Right. Yeah. The tee shot on 16, making that putt. And then, and obviously a lot of, I assume most PGA Tour pros would do this, but on 18 coming down, aim center of the green because he pulled it. Obviously it was only what, a foot left of the pin, so it looked like a great shot, but it was probably 30 feet left of where he was aiming. <laughs> so, yeah, he yanked, so, he yanked it for but sure. But that's right. That's why you and your caddy talk. This is where we're aiming. This is what we do. Because if we push or pull it, we're still okay. Yeah. And he almost made that birdie on 17, too. He left it, what, half roll short? Yep. And then he almost birdied 18. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have a pick, if that's all right. But yeah. Mine kind of. Do you want to go three? I just got one, and it switches up your format. I'll pick a dud of the week since <laughs> it's on that one of the three stars well, I kind of like this. All right. My dud of the week goes to Hao Tong Lee. Okay. Friday, he's yeah. at eight under, right? And he did play with Ben Cook. Ben had a, what a front row seat to that. Um, what a weird experience that must have been for Ben. Yeah. Uh, anyway, eight under, you're leading the tournament, you shoot 65. Why are you at the golf course five hours later hitting golf balls? You ever, I don't know if you ever watched he, The Office. He went home but and took a nap, they said. A, a scene where they go to play golf, and the guy, Andy, he goes, oh, I hit about 1,000 golf balls last night, and he takes off. He can't even hold the golf club. His hands are so blistered. Yeah. Next thing you know, how Tong Lee's not even on the leaderboard, basically. He did, did he did shoot like two or three under Sunday, though, right? Yeah, after shooting, what, 76 on Saturday? Good thing he practiced to go <laughs> shoot 76. Yeah, yeah he went into it. the – he had a rough stretch on the back nine. Yeah. yeah. Like a three-hole stretch where he was like four over-ish, I think. I mean, I'm I'm not the player to question a PGA Tour player, but I thought that was extremely stupid. When the commentators are saying over the broadcast, dude, go home. Yeah. You might Jason be Day said, I'm going to walk Day. by him. Day's yeah, like, I saw him on the putting green. when I the entirety off. of Jason Day's round. Yeah, he was on the and, putting green before Day teed off. And what were song. you doing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Yeah. Were you not yeah. practicing? Yeah, I feel like the the middle of the tournament to practice for five to six hours and probably hit a 1,000 golf balls. Just irresponsible. It, it's, it, it makes zero sense. So. I think we talked about it, or especially leaving and then coming back, to me, is even worse. Like, if you... After yeah, your round, if there's a couple things you want to work on, to me it makes sense to something. go roll some putts, hit 50 chips, maybe go take 20 full swings to make sure you got stuff figured out, and then go leave and don't come back for the evening. But to leave, go get something to eat, take a nap, and then come back, you got to warm up again, six, and then practice for six yeah. hours. It, it doesn't make any sense in the middle of a tournament. Even uh, like Golf Channel, like Justin Leonard was trying to figure it out, and he said the only thing I could possibly think of is that he found something prior to Saturday or Friday, and he played so well Friday. Is he trying to ingrain it? Like, do you think? I just thought of this. Do you think it could have been? Obviously, they're trying to stay. Can't go. Out, can't go out to dinner. Can't do stuff. That was his way of like keeping his mind. Like, I'm just gonna go practice because I don't want to sit in my hotel room and get so, nervous and think about it. I'd go back and watch coverage because guess what? Yes. Go learn something. Right. Tomorrow you're gonna you're gonna play that same course around that same right. time of day. To me, whether you're trying to ingrain something or 
a boredom factor. Either way, what you've done is you've just gone and drained a shitload of energy. And yeah, I, I you we've we've played rounds where you know you walk eighteen at the end of the day, and then the next day, yeah, maybe your legs are a little tired. Obviously, we don't walk as much as these guys do golfing. But you compare that to when you've played 36 in a day and then how you feel the next day. You you know that you played 36 a day prior. Yeah. Like he basically played 36 to 54 holes worth of strokes on Friday of a tournament. Well, yeah. Just to go to the, the boredom factor like you brought up, Ben did a lot of posting on Instagram. I don't know if you saw this kind. Yeah, I did. It's not like they didn't get set up with pretty sweet amenities. They all got giant rental houses that had ping pong tables, cornhole boards, anything you could want. It's not like you're sitting in a little studio apartment going, what am I supposed to do? They're not the Motel 6 like like we would be. And they give you a sweet rental. Dude, just go drive around. I don't know. Yeah. Something. That's what I was wondering. Depending on his personality, is it like, I can't do that. Like, it just bothers me. And I'm going to get nervous thinking about it. So if I just go golf, it relaxes me. I don't, you know, I don't know. So Ben's getting married this week, right? Mm-hmm. We got to get Ben here to talk about this. I sent him a message. But Did you? You know, it's probably a pretty busy one for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be sweet to get him on just to get his perspective of, one, having a front row seat to that Friday and just, just the overall week. So that'd be sweet. Yep. Anything else, boys? Nope. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for coming again, buddy. Glad to be here. We're always here Wednesday nights. Later. See you.